2: Oh, tonight we got them. Goldie, the Sulk, and
0: J.C. The chemical, chemical, disgusting, 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 And it starts right now.
3: Ugh. <laughs> oh, he got it in too fast. <laughs> The quick welcome. Birth. First joke of the day. <laughs> first joke of the day. Uh, 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 for those of our listeners who don't remember, uh, buch is, a, is an expression that Goldie and I uh, say to each other that just kind of uh, encapsulates the dreariness of life. So I love when Goldie says that to me. So to, to have it be the first word on our podcast. So at the, the beginning of the new Best Of episode, we already have some content. Shouldn't that have been the hundredth? I, yeah. Well, we couldn't wait. we were doing a vacation yeah. right I mean we all we all went on a relaxing uh, <laughs> yeah vacation tropical
0: <laughs> yeah, breezes. it was sort of like you know like popping vacation. champagne for winning the semifinals. <laughs>
1: <laughs> some people do
0: that Yeah, some people do If you don't get there That's You, gotta, you celebrate. gotta celebrate life Yeah, uh, you don't please,
3: know. If we got to a podcast semifinals You'd yeah. be doused Oh, you'd be doused. half birthday <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Put on your goggles You're getting sprayed uh, Yeah, so uh, Welcome back to another episode of A Typical Disgusting Display A podcast for writers By writers who hate writing And life uh, but before Are we, we get writers anymore, technically, yes, because we, we, okay. we, yes. we voted to strike we're union. Yes, we voted to not
0: me. The, yeah, you <laughs> did. You son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, so David Goodman listens. Don't forget. I, know. I, vote, uh, I voted to strike. Don't worry.
3: Yeah, I know. And when I, I, I wanted him to be back on the podcast to talk about it and I called it I made the mistake of calling it an impending strike. This was a couple months ago. Yeah. And he angrily texted me back. There's no impending strike. No, that's what the studios want you to believe. That's what the, the, the word they're putting out there. Well, David, it feels like it's impending <laughs> now. Everything
0: yeah. because- is... Everything that I think, I've just been told the studios told me to think both about the strike and
4: my entire life. (laughs)
0: Uh, But I I understand what David was saying, because we just
3: voted to authorize the strike in the event, in the unlikely event, that the studios try to fuck us. But they wouldn't do that. This
0: is going to bring Apple to its knees. Oh, we got (laughs) them.
3: Sayonara, Disney. Sorry, Michael Mouse which is what M- Mickey is short for Michael right. and I love that work. We're, we're calling him Michael Mouse now all the time.
1: Right.
0: I'm um, going to stop the little amount of work I do. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, enough. These fingers are worked. How will <laughs> anyone know people. I'm on strike? <laughs> I know. Tall tall will have no idea that I'm on, that I'm on strike. Oh, you mean that hour and a half in the
0: middle of your day is freed up now? Okay, great.
4: Wait, the fifty-year-old
0: <laughs> bald guy hasn't said a dick joke in a while. We better go back to the negotiating
3: table. Oh my, they're bringing us to our knees. Um, yeah, so uh, strike, maybe? Who knows? Anyway, it was exciting that, and you can't get that many people to vote on like you know Michael Jordan into the Hall of Fame. So to have like a 98% yes vote wow. is pretty crazy. So yeah, way to like go, Putin, Putin level victory. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know we are a socialist guild. <laughs> so um yeah, no, that was exciting though. 98% solidarity. Wow.
1: That's
3: we are big. one. That's we are one flip-flopped Jew right now <laughs> together in the WGA. <laughs> one Jewish boy man child says no. <laughs> um but before we wanted to talk about this right up top. JC. Wow. Round of applause. Do you have an applause oh. meter in there because no. the best of episode that you that is out currently out that allowed us to have this week off. Not a week off for you. The best of episode was so awesome like can you put the best of in a best of because that was great
1: (laughs) A fake. I mean you
3: did such an amazing job every every clip you chose made me laugh uh the the way you transitioned from bit to bit was great just no wasted time it was awesome I loved uh the the Goldie's wedding story obviously hearing that again and like the house of Gucci stuff and then the clever way that you clipped all of the me complaining about Johnny jokes together <laughs> before we got into the Johnny joke. It was just, it was all so great. And the guest uh, clips
0: you chose, they were just all top notch, top notch.
4: Agreed. Thank you, Thank Agreed. you. So, well,
0: Thank you so much. That yeah. was a gift. And yeah, was- one thing I realized listening to it, because there were things in there that hadn't been on the podcast before, yes. is that... Yeah. When Alec is at his funniest and he does something, then I have done something to sabotage the entire podcast <laughs> to the point where we couldn't air it.
4: Uh, wait, is no. that true? I don't
0: know if that's conscious or subconscious, but that thing, that story about <laughs> Cheryl that was so funny, yes, yeah. and the story about your three guides and the scepter yes. and everything, <laughs> yes, yeah. but we weren't able to air those because for whatever reason on those podcasts, I had done something else to make them unairable.
3: I was did. I true? couldn't remember why we didn't air them. I didn't remember that it was you specifically. No, no, I, that's not yeah, true. Yeah, JC, do you remember there was what only, happened?
1: There was one where you asked us not to do it, but then there was another one where you guys just didn't feel like the theme. Like you just weren't right. feeling it. You guys were just kind of like, eh, let's not. Yeah,
0: let's, uh, it was a theme on should we have writing partners or not. and it yeah. was yes it's just (laughs) you going you might want to consider it me going like don't no good
4: memory (laughs) Uh,
0: yeah that's true i remember one of them we talked about this how long ago it
3: was we talked about the first uh white lotus yeah, and we were talking a lot about that. So that that was in one of those episodes too that, yeah. that never aired. Anyway, but it, anyway, tell us about your rich
0: guy vacation. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I have a great rich guy vacation? Oh, it was so awesome. Couldn't have been more rich. Um, yeah, no, we went. Tall and I went to a place called the Maldives. Yes, um, and they're a, a series of small islands uh, down off the bottom of. Off the tip of India's dick, the little <laughs> droplets in the ocean wow. are the Maldives. How long is that flight? To, yeah. It's To long. a boat, to a helicopter? It's, to... Yeah, it's long. Wow. Uh, so uh, the flight, you, you have to connect, obviously. So we connected in a place called Doha in mm-hmm. Qatar. Um, right, Doha. So that's a 12 or 13-hour flight, Boston, Whoa. to Doha. And then we had, on the way there, we had a seven-hour layover in Doha. Ugh. And then it's There's a, a four-hour right flight from Doha to the Maldives. And then you take a seaplane to your resort.
1: Resort.
3: So it was very White lotus you know, people waving on the dock as we pulled right. up. and uh, very a, a white. fun. T- What's that?
1: Very white. The, is that the, what you might... Oh, the guests. Yes, <laughs> yes absolutely. Okay, right. Yes, <laughs>
0: everyone else not quiet. It was hard to see what was going on. A lot no, of, but A lot of pink and plump guys with CEO body, which is what I call like someone who like they kind of have a chest because they've sat down at a Nautilus or something. But then they eat so richly constantly that it's impossible to ever get in shape. Like those yes. shirtless photos of Elon Musk where you go yes. no he pays someone to make him work out and he dismisses them most of the time but then kind of does it but then is constantly presented with so much good food he can't help yeah. himself it's, it's caviar body. caviar yes. and
3: pate yeah, yeah exactly cool. so and and it was mostly uh Europeans because it's closer obviously oh, for right. them whereas you know people with brains would have like we should have gone to the Caribbean but nope here we are halfway around the world yeah. right. but it was it That's was cool. gorgeous and they say about the maldives that they're sinking, but I heard from many people, and this is genius, that that's just a PR ploy. Like that oh, just that just gets people hurry. to be like, "Well, we have to go now." Yes, they're sinking, which is literally scary. how Tall presented it to me. So, but they it was it was gorgeous, yeah, you know, gorgeous. But, but what do you do there? Nothing. Oh, so much <laughs> <laughs> zip lines? What? Like, oh no, no zip lines. No, it biking. was biking. I saw biking. Since they
4: are can't syncy- bike
3: on Cape Cod, yeah, better go to the Maldives. <laughs> <laughs> you bike on the other side of the road here, it's totally different. Um, yeah, no, the all the guest rooms are on water and you can walk out of your guest room down into the ocean. So you just like we snorkeled every nice. day, we went snorkeling. Does we have saw a reef? lots. Oh, yeah, it's on a reef. Okay, the whole that's thing's. Cool. Yeah. Built very unhealthily into a reef. Oh wow. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so you just go out and you're in this reef. And so it was awesome. We saw shacks. Ooh,
1: shacks. What, what kind
3: of shacks? Uh black tip reef sharks, oh. JC, since you want to get technical. Are they and there were some there were some nurse sharks too. Oh, they are okay. not aggressive. And everybody okay. made a big point of being like, they're very friendly. And I'm okay. like, all right, we'll take your word for it, <laughs> I guess. You know, but the thing for me is like, obviously I'm not I'm not an anything guy, so I'm not like a snorkeling guy, certainly. But I enjoyed it. It looked nice. I can sort of flop around on top of the water. But the thing with the reef is there's this reef all around, and then about you know 10 or 15 feet out from uh, the rooms, the reef just... Drops into a bottomless Whoa. pit 10 or of ocean.: feet
1: isn't Yeah, far. it's not
3: far. I mean, but the reef goes all the way around, all the things right. so you can kind of putter around. But if you go out, it's just an wow. abyss. That's and that was terrifying yeah. for me. On the first day, I was when I spotted what was going on, I'm like, you know, a tall's <laughs> on the outside, and I'm on the inside. I'm like, "You stay there. You block me from going into the abyss." Uh, And by the last day, I was finally like edging out over it. Like, look at me.
1: Did you have to wear like a wetsuit top so you wouldn't burn?
3: No, I just went bathing suit, T-shirt. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) That was my combo. That's my non-rich guy combo. But but also uh, Goldie, I see you laughing at almost everything here, uh, and I'd love speechless. to hear your thoughts. He's speechless. Yeah, you
0: know, <laughs> he's chortling. Also, uh, let me just you're add just, another. You're just in the middle of nowhere. You cannot wear a shirt if you.
1: That's true. Want. No one. Knows, no no man. no.
4: Forgetting
3: for getting burnt. Well, first of all, how dare you? Second of all. <laughs> No, to, to, for, for the burn, I would have yeah. been cooked. It's yeah, literally my back sitting out of the water as I'm, like, doing this for an hour. I'd be singed. singed. Okay, so you did that for an hour a day. BJ singed. Yeah. yeah, no. You biked uh, once. Biked once, unsteadily, very wobbly on this bike. You know, when they say it's like riding a bike, it isn't. No. Because I got on and I was just, like, spastic on this thing. Um, we went to the spa
1: a few very so relaxing
3: nice. afternoons in the spa nice. and uh john bon jovi was there
1: oh, weird. oh. i don't know hang? i
3: don't know why that was so exciting for me but it really was <laughs> like just walking hi? around and seeing bon jovi like at every meal <laughs> i'm like weird. oh god yes. did I you talk like, to him at
0: all no and oh. but boy is he It's just one of those people where you just go you can't go oh, i can't tell him i'm a big fan oh i could like i know (laughs) him i i I could tell him i'm a big fan like his
3: shot to the heart shot to the heart
1: (laughs) yes that was awesome. first of all that was awesome
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's first of all that's a great song and second of all living on a prayer is anthemic that is that is a fantastic living on a prayer goes into that level of songs that are like you know These exist above being a
0: great song. Right, like everybody. Well, now that you've spotted him off the Maldives, it all feels so authentic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
3: Uh, But he was there with his son, and they were there with... Millie Bobby Brown, who's that yeah. actress from Stranger Things, and his yeah. son and Millie Bobby Brown got engaged no while way. we were there. You're breaking it all news happened. right now.
1: I think that's. No, no
3: it's been all over. But oh. yes. <laughs> uh, so but crazy. she's 19 and he's 20. So Wait, this seems really like happy young. first marriage, guys. Yeah,
1: that's very young. If they even get to marriage. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> all right. It's one of
0: the dumbest things I've ever heard. <laughs> Why the fuck would you do that? <laughs> You don't have to. You don't have to. Are they both pregnant? <laughs>
3: Million Bobby Brown. Yes. Uh, yeah. No. So it was. It was an awesome vacation. So Goldie, how was how was your uh, amazing vacation? It was
0: pretty similar. Yeah. Where'd, where'd you go? <laughs> no. I, I took my kids solo to see my mom in Boston. Oh. So I had the God. two kids on the flight, and then. Oh. Uh, You know, you get there and you're – you just – there's no way to tell your kids, like, look, every time you don't do what I say in front of my mom, you're making me look like a total (laughs) asshole and opening up a Pandora's (laughs) box of problems. (laughs) Yes. Because then they'll start to be these suggestions of, like, you know, have you thought about – You know, and it's always like, have you? It's it's the first thing that anyone's thought about. It's that I I read about a
3: behavioral therapist in the Globe, John.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's not it's not even that though. It's it's like, have you thought about you know asking what they want to eat? And yes, I've thought I've I've done that. I've done, (laughs) you know. And so then there's certain things where you know, like we had dinner, and then my kid didn't really eat the dinner, and then afterwards wanted an avocado toast. And I was like, "I'm happy to make the avocado toast. That's I sweet. put in a piece of toast, and I <laughs> yes. took an avocado and smushed it. It took totally. maybe forty seconds,
4: right
0: you know, and then I walk in, my mom goes, I wouldn't have given her that avocado toast <laughs> like, it's like, uh... well, what would the lesson have been? You know <laughs> right. the, the lesson is well, you eat when you eat and you don't, and it's like, or is the lesson like no one listens to you what you want doesn't matter if you don't comply instantly there are no second opportunities so be on (laughs) alert at all times like there's no you know and the and the subtext of all of it is just like and the unspoken part is like i don't hit them right Right. Right. and you did so you had that like you had a nuclear bomb that you detonated, and I'm a small, tiny neutral nation with no armaments yeah. that I don't have a military. You know, yeah. so yeah, they don't obey me because I'm not.
3: There's no They're military. Not
0: yeah. So I'm getting shit for that. And oh. then um, I I took everyone to see Avatar Ooh, 3D, good. which I don't know if you've have you seen that.
1: I have no. not, but I am no. sure it's which great, it's, right?
0: It's the most spectacular dumb thing i've ever seen <laughs> oh, because cool. the plot is basically like uh-oh there goes the neighborhood <laughs> that's <laughs> the right. plot Is like the avatars move from the tree part to the sea part and the sea people are like you have weird tails and it's like <laughs> this is the whole
1: thing <laughs> you have weird you know and tails. it's like we
0: don't want to show you where the fish hole is and stuff And <laughs> uh, and of course like you're like i guess the revolutionary part is you're in the middle of it but you, I don't go to the movies to be in the movie. I want to watch the movie. Exactly like, I don't not. see the future in this, the putting on the goggles. Like, you go, oh, I, I, I'm i going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to be in the middle of whatever. Well, I don't even know what movies are out besides, like, the stupid kid one. But you go, I don't want to sit <laughs> no, here and like, like, I don't want to be in the middle of, you know, Gangs of New York <laughs> and feel <laughs> like I'm, I'm going to get hit in the head. Right. <laughs> I, I just want to watch Gangs of New York. Anyway. Yes, yes. So – uh, there was that, and, and there was. so there was a lot of, of behind-the-scenes stuff. And then, of course, I wake up the last day we're supposed to be there, and uh, I have a, a push notification on my phone from Delta Airlines saying, uh, your flight has been canceled, oh. uh, which we were supposed to fly out at like, you know, 4.50, but don't worry, we've put you on this other flight, which goes out at like 6.50, and it had a five-over layover in Utah, so mm. I'm like, I, I can't leave boston at night <laughs> and then have like a fight with two kids so i call delta and then they're they're like uh you know we don't know if we can get you on another thing and then i'm i'm as i'm doing that i'm on the, the internet like you know booking myself on another flight with american yeah. airlines now we all have one airline we hate yes. you know and it, it has nothing to it only is because we were randomly subject to a flight cancellation so mine's american because after my dad's funeral, they kind of fucked me over. But anyway, this yes. time they saved me. So by the time I booked myself on the American flight, the person at Delta goes, "Oh, we can actually get you on your original, original. Delta." F- uh, she says, "Your original Delta flight is back on." I go, "Okay," and she goes, uh, "But we can't get you on it."
4: <laughs> <laughs> so <they're>, what? what? <laughs> like, how does any know. of this make sense? <laughs> Why would anyway, you even say that? <laughs> I don't know. So there's
0: that. There's that friggin' madness. Ugh. So anyway. Yeah, you've seen the movie Taken, right? Yes. Yeah, sure. This is my this is my new take on on parenting. Here is me receiving the call in Taken that they have my kid. <laughs> Hello. Uh, we have your child. Uh, you are going to do uh, things and do some stuff. <laughs> oh. Uh Okay. <laughs> um. Sure. Well, let me know what 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 happens, and uh, you, you guys have my number, so like text me just some updates where she is and stuff. But it sounds like you're feeding her, and stuff, it sounds like she's okay, kind of. So, are you coming over here? No, no, I don't think so. Delta canceled my flight. Uh, uh, I can't really get there. We're going to auction her. Yeah, good luck with that. (laughs) See how that goes. People get a load of like what they're in for. But uh, it's nice talking to you. Thank you for calling. Thank you so much. Bye. (laughs) Uh, uh, Bye. Yep, uh, taking
3: taking care of a problem. Thank you very much. Childcare <laughs> check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, uh, a little soft intro before we get into Johnny jokes here. We're we're thrilled
2: Figure Lending, LLC, DBA Figure. Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.
3: And uh, he has agreed, for some reason, (laughs) to do Johnny Jokes with us. A lot of guests don't do that. We call them cowards. (laughs) But John Mulaney is here, standing behind his profession, as we all roll in to Johnny Jokes.
4: Whoa!
0: (laughs) From Hollywood here's John Lady
4: jokes.
0: (laughs)
3: Oh boy, away we go. Now with a with an audience of someone who can actually do it. Here we go. Here comes the shame. Yep, here we go. (laughs) Uh, A mail carrier in Boston is still in the hospital after a turkey attack left her in need of a hip replacement. Uh, When asked what she's looking forward to most after her release, the woman replied, Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Wants to kill those turkeys. All right. Moving on quickly. And we're off. (laughs) Two men in New Zealand and Spain, respectively, have made an earth sandwich by placing a piece of bread on the ground on exact opposite sides of the globe. Uh, the fun story had a bizarre ending when an irate James Corden sent the Earth Sandwich back to the Balthazar Kitchen. <laughs> an irate James Corden. These were the jokes I was very excited about. Only a couple. Of How's days that excitement ago. now? All right, still two to win it back. Uh, one of the last remaining hot topic clothing stores in the United States burned down last week. Uh, despite efforts to save the store, a distraught fire chief said when they got there, it was embers only.
1: No. <laughs>
3: <laughs> embers only. <laughs> a very little hope in this last year to redeem myself. <laughs> Finally, for me, thank God, an elementary school teacher in Georgia has been suspended for wearing a MAGA T shirt to class. Yeah. Uh, the story caught the eye of Pink Floyd frontman Roger Waters, who issued the statement, Hey, T-shirt, <laughs> leave those kids alone. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Mild
0: redemption there at the end. Wow. Not nah, right.
4: mild. <laughs>
0: Johnny, too. Take it away. <laughs> All right. Great job. Well, <clears throat> there were massive floods in Florida this week. Yet, in spite of receiving 27 inches of rain in 24 hours, the city of Fort Lauderdale didn't get a visit from Governor Ron DeSantis. DeSantis explained it's part of his new policy, don't say wet. (laughs) Okay. Art scholars. Art scholars are now positing that the portrayal of God in the Sistine Chapel is actually a selfie of artist Michelangelo. They came to the conclusion after realizing God probably didn't wear a long blouse. <laughs> kind of have to know that. That would be above. Maybe we show that. Joke is blousy. <laughs> well, royal watchers say Princes William and Harry will be kept apart at Prince Charles's coronation to avoid any chance of a conflict. Uh, Prince William will be seated up front with his wife and the new queen. Well, Harry will be seated at the kids' table with Prince Andrew's girlfriend. Ooh. <laughs> and finally, uh, after boycotts mounted for their partnership with a transgender TikToker, Budweiser Bud Light released a new series of patriotic beer ads. Uh, they're also walking back the slogan This Bud's for They. <laughs> 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 Excellent. Take
2: it away, Johnny Three. Okay. <clears throat> researchers, researchers now believe that Vikings discovered America 500 years before Columbus after finding ancient wood samples in Greenland that could have only come from the east coast of the United States. Another clue they'd been to the East Coast, a thousand-year-old Vineyard Vines sweatshirt. Ah. <laughs> oh, that was a delayed laugh. That's not a good one. No, not, no right no
4: on delay. top of it. You must
2: have a delay.
1: You must have mm. a delay. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> a, a Nintendo hacker was ordered to pay $10 million in damages. That is a lot of coin. You know how many times he's going to have to bang his head on some bricks for that? <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs> Democrats are trying to replace Dianne Feinstein on the Judiciary Committee, arguing she, at her age, she isn't capable anymore. That is nonsense, replied her. Son, my mother is as young and vibrant as ever. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to get back to my 70th birthday
4: party.
2: (laughs) I'm not saying it's time, but Dianne Feinstein was appointed to the Judiciary Committee by Hammurabi, Right. <laughs> an older woman. She's an older woman. Uh, and finally, Ooh. a new study shows that West Virginia is the most depressed state in the United States. Yeah. That explains their motto West Virginia. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Excellent. There we oh, go. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Thank yeah, you for great. experiencing that pain with us. That's rough.
4: Yeah. No, that, yeah. Was, that was, great. You, you very yours was great. It's
0: the it's the never fight a pig. You know, that <laughs> you, you, you you all get dirty, and the pig enjoys it. And the, <laughs> I don't know who the pig or what the pig is. <laughs> ah. Well, the pig is our
3: guest and in Into the Spider-Verse. There we go. What a smooth oh, segue. Hey, nice.
1: First
2: credit.
3: Uh, first ever credit. Well, that wasn't your first movie credit, was it? No, I mean my
2: first credit of the show. We'll oh, get all yes. my work. Yeah, we'll get
3: to a lot of it here. Um, so we'll, we'll definitely get to some of it. Uh, our guest today, we're thrilled that he's here. He just did Johnny Jokes with Woo-hoo! us. Of course, you, our friends, know who he is. Is uh, the incredibly successful Emmy-winning Saturday Night Live writer, has fantastically popular Netflix comedy specials, including one that will be airing April 25th called Baby J. Folks, Woo-hoo! please welcome John Mullaney. Yay,
1: welcome.
3: Hello. <laughs> Hello, John. Hello, Alec, J.C., Goldie. Oh, <laughs> welcome. We very excited that you're here today. And let's just get this out of the way first. I'm very, very excited, too.
1: Uh, wow
3: you had an extra very so that seems like you topped me over the top um let's get this out of the way first do we have dan levy to thank for this love connection
2: oh Oh, um ultimately yes Mm uh but yeah dan was a guest what a few months back yes and uh i enjoyed that episode very much and then he and i would talk and then I was listening to your podcast a lot on this tour I was on. And then I would talk to Dan and I would talk about it a lot. And I asked him, uh, well, I'll just lay my cards on the table. I asked him to tell you I liked the podcast. (laughs) Uh, (laughs)
1: That's so awesome. Hoping
2: hoping you would then invite me on the podcast. And then you didn't take the bait at that. So (laughs) then I said, I said, would you ask them... (laughs) Would you ask them to ask me to do? Them? <laughs> Is that how that works? That's so funny. I had no idea that's how it went down. Because I, I was like, I was like, if I go, hey, I really like it, maybe they'll just naturally go, oh, if he ever wants to come on, and then I'll go, oh, yeah, actually, have time. But that you did just you went, oh, that's cool, and so I thought, okay, you gotta go tell Alec again. It just
0: mirrors my '90s dating experience, where you know, you there was the Antioch code and those sort of things and you'd get so tied up i would get so tied up in my own head about like making a move that by the time the woman was like will you just like kiss me already they were already mad at me for not doing anything and then it it didn't and then you you already felt like a coward and i feel like we did that with you where it was like yeah, we should have asked you, but we were like in our heads, like he'll say no, and yeah, then we'll he stupid. won't want to. And then yep. he'll start hating. Oh, that us. that makes
2: me feel better. I'm glad you were in your heads too. Oh yes. My
0: God. Oh no, 100. No
2: percent. We wanted
3: yeah. to ask you so bad. <laughs> I know. Yeah. The the thing is, when I first heard it, I almost felt like because, and you know Dan pretty well, better than we do, but I feel like I know him a little, and Goldie knows him pretty well. Yeah. I felt like that was Dan making himself bigger than he was. Like, my friend John Mulaney likes your <laughs> podcast too. And I was kind of like, all right, great. And I, like Goldie, had that same fear of like, we would ask and and you would say no. Oh, and I thought it was we, we a would joke. Bad. Like, you know, Mulaney listens to it.
0: It's like, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tell me another
3: one. Yeah, so so we do have Dan Levy to thank, which distresses yeah, thank me Thank you, greatly. Dan.
2: And I will say that Dan Levy doesn't, big time himself that he not that i would be able to big time him but he doesn't big time himself with i was just talking to so and so yeah 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 okay. so I, to, oh. to his credit okay. okay he's honest about his fr- dan levy is friends with anyone he meets Yes, uh, like yeah. he, he exchanges his number on airplanes <laughs>
3: <laughs> he just strikes me as su- like he I again I'm probably of the of the three of us I know him the least but I do feel like he's a younger cousin. Like whenever I yeah. I deal with him it's like I think he's funny and I kind of weirdly love him but I also think that he's like the younger cousin in my family who's also doing well who does who looks at me with zero respect.
2: <laughs> you know, and oh, I'm just like no, no.
1: Oh, I don't think that's the
2: case. <laughs> no, 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 he greatly respects you and uh both of you and uh, a fun thing about Dan is he really inflates, he likes to uh, inflate what money people make. Like he, <laughs> right. like That's everyone. So That's very Jewish. He's like, the they've been, so they've been on like Family Guy. They've been on Family Guy for years. So they have like millions and millions of dollars. And
4: <laughs> he's always,
2: he talks in like, he talks in these uh, apocryphal financial windfall stories. <laughs> like, so then, so, but then he wrote the movie Ted. So he had points on it. And he made hundred nope. million dollars. No, nope. now he
0: has a house in Cape Cod, and I'm like, but got- anyone who had millions, like, look at the what's in there behind me. But they have a Tupperware on its side, and like a garbage bag of I don't know what, and like a box on a. On a couch that's not a real-sized couch?
2: It, it looks and, like you're wrapping presents, but that's stop. True. I know, right?
3: <laughs> you got mad at someone before their birthday and right. said, fuck it, I'm not wrapping this present. Well, and Goldie, and in fairness, he did say, you know, writing Ted, so he's clearly talking about me. Well, right,
2: yeah. <laughs> but but um, I, no, I, And Dan always goes one to one of that, so-and-so made X, normally it's a $100 million. <laughs> <laughs> so-and-so made $100 million, like, You know, this guy, he was just in the room for the pilot of Raymond. But since he was in the room, he got points. And so he made like $100 million. The enthusiasm he has for these tales is insane. it's, It's always that someone made lump sum and with that lump sum bought like, it's always like all of the money from one project goes into a purchase.
0: Yes, which is never the way and it Then goes. he bought a
2: house in Cape Cod. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I points. got a dad's residual check for $1.47. <laughs> I was able to buy these stamps. <laughs> yeah, look at that. You had them right on hand. You're a prop comic. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, well, by the way,
3: and to, first of all, I love that Dan does that. It's all completely not true. And the idea of points is another one of those, like, great, weird kind of Hollywood myths. I'm not saying they don't yeah. exist, but w- first of all, I had zero points on the only Ted that did really well, which was the first one because we're writing our first movie and nobody's going to, like, give you points for that. And so then after that, we were like, oh, well, we'll get points now. And the second <laughs> one comes out and lays an egg, and they're like, guess what, you owe us money. Like, no. it's just It doesn't work the way you think it's going to.
2: Right. I Um, don't know if it works. Like, I know that's it there. We we don't even call them percentages. We call them points. Like, it's not, it's not even a, uh, it's a fake business. Yes. Yes. If you own equity in something, you you will make money if it's successful. If you, if you have points, it's like (laughs) having gold coins. It's
0: like, yeah.
4: Invisible.
0: Exactly. My conspiracy theory is they were invented to keep the talent mad at each other so that we don't attack the studio. Cause all that's ever happened with points in my career is like, someone will call me and they say, well, you know, we had to reduce you or do. And then I get, I get mad, even though there's nothing at stake. Like I'm like, why would, he, why would they get points <laughs> right. when I'm here every day? And it's like, well, you're arguing. It's like, why, why do they get more air? Yeah. <laughs> right. <Yes. laughs>
3: Um, all right. So we could talk about that for an entire episode, I'm sure. But right. let's, John, let's talk about you a little bit here. You grew up Catholic in Chicago, hardly a unique experience, but no. why do you think there are so many comedy people from Chicago? Have you ever sat down and kind of thought about that?
2: I haven't, no. Um, okay, good answer. Good let's talk. move on to the next I, question. I don't know. <laughs> like, I bet there's, mo- I mean, I bet there's more from New York and No,
3: No, it's, I would say it's Boston and Chicago weirdly. Like I meet so many comedy writers and performers from either Boston or Chicago. And I kind of feel like it's either be cold and miserable or laugh about it.
2: There's that. I mean, I don't mean to overlook some real key things about these cities and super repressed upbringings that would yield comedians. But I also, uh, no, I've never given it a lot of thought. um, I haven't. <laughs> All right, we'll come back to that one. Maybe <laughs> never. Um, I don't know. Why do you think?
3: Well, I I mean, I Ooh. just What's that? Go go ahead. Ooh, go ahead. I like, I it like this. Oh, yeah. No, well, I mean, I a little bit I do think it's because there are sort of cold and miserable gray places where you have a choice of either kind of getting sucked into the system of that city or area or laughing at it constantly. Um, yeah. so I feel like that's part of it and also, you know, your parents, I'm sure in yeah. some way,
2: kind of push. Well, actually, you. now that I now that I think about it, like Chicago and but if you're interested in show business or the arts and you're in Chicago, yeah, there's there's Steppenwolf and the Goodman and the art. There's there's a lot of outlets, but but New York has all the theater. Yes, and you get tons of kids growing up and wanting to go to LaGuardia or Frank Sinatra High and like do theater arts and then. Right. Chicago and Boston, I think the thing we turned out was a lot of successful comedy venues. Yes. So maybe it's just like you're looking for a spotlight so you would drift towards that. Oh,
0: wow. Did your parents enjoy your humor? Because I know your dad yeah. was serious. Like, my dad was very serious. But I'm I'm kind of wondering, like, sometimes the reaction to, like, a quipping kid, like... <laughs> Know,
2: yeah, I could. Uh, they enjoyed it a lot, but to a point, like, and then it would just suddenly get shut down. Uh,
1: (laughs) like, it it was
2: like they really liked it, but I I would just get so, um, sort of frantic and and manic doing so many bits, and then my dad would be like, This is silly, like, this is ridiculous. (laughs) 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 I remember I went to lunch with them when I was a little kid, and he was like, So, you (laughs) it's funny that we went to lunch Uh, (laughs) he goes I told him I wanted to be a comedian and he went so I don't understand you want to be like Steve Martin and he said it he said it with like mild contempt like you want to be an idiot like like I saw this like he came you know he's in law school and he's starting his career and there's this guy in a white suit on TV who's acting like an idiot and he's (laughs) like why would you want to act? Why would you want to be a fool? Uh,
3: and he picked like the most successful one most, that you could you
2: could most, ever or, want to be. The most sophisticated and <laughs> urbane one, like the most like both, the yes. most both, the most both. Uh, uh, uh. Well, I
3: I just saw in one of your interviews that y- you said that you realized at a very young age you had this need to be cute and or funny in order to feel liked or loved, let's say. Do you sure, still, sure. do you still feel
2: that way? Um, no, much less so.
3: Yeah. And when, um, when do you think, did that change with success? Did that change with a son? Like what, what, when does that
2: Oh, change? no, no, no. Success didn't help that at all. <laughs>
4: uh,
2: I, I, I would say, um, uh, th- in the past couple of years, I've just, I, I had to stop caring. Uh, so, and I, and, you know, i Dude, I'd say that with a pound of salt. I, right. <laughs> I, I want I want people to enjoy what I do a lot. Yes. but, um, but I do. don't, It's not. I'm not doubled over with anxiety about it. And yeah, I mean, I, if anyone has imposter syndrome or or worries so much what their peers or an audience thinks of them that it's crippling, I would just recommend. Being institutionalized twice and
4: <laughs>
2: crashing and burning is really good. It's a really good... <laughs> great for your ego. It's really, yes, yeah. You, you, and, it, and I'll say when my son was born, it's not like I have less anxiety. It just all became like, I just think if he's okay, then I'm okay. That's if as long as he's yeah. okay I'm okay. Yeah. That, it's a shift. That, it all is on that. So luckily when he,
0: when he hits about 5 he'll start <laughs> being like, well no, I don't want him. Now he's okay and I'm not okay and I'm pissed. <laughs> it's someone with a <laughs>
4: <laughs> Two kids. Uh, 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 uh. No, that's not enough. Yeah. I want to be okay. We're we're
3: we're. If you're looking at the canary in this coal mine, we're both flat on the bottom of the cage right now. So <laughs> be very afraid. <laughs> um, but i i, I, I
4: would
3: I would imagine that because you uh, now have had such great success and an outlet in stand up, you know, where thousands come to your shows, millions watch online. That I feel like Goldie and I haven't had that experience. So the way that manifests in my life is like, I have a yes, seven year old, yes, well, but, but it's different. You it's, you <laughs> yeah, all right, don't do that. <laughs> don't throw the a word at me when you know that it has no Arenas. meaning in my life other than seeing Stevie Nicks and Billy Joel last <laughs> month at uh, SoFi. Um, but the, the way that manifests in my life is, Whenever I walk into a room where my daughter's there, I'm, I'm Michigan J. Frog. Like I, you know, I'm, the hat's coming off. Like I, I feel the need That's to sweet. perform for her. Um, and I wonder if I know. You're also a
0: corpse. Being moved around by hand. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Tall Thank is you. moving you. Yeah. Thank you for
3: making my embarrassing moment humiliating as well. Um, Yes. But I'm wondering, like, do you do you feel like you perform for your son or do you feel like that's coming? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: And it's um, it's it's been really interesting over the past 16 months to see jokes that work. And when they stop working, (laughs) it actually it hits me a little deep. <laughs> it's humbling. Yeah. You used to think that was hilarious. Yeah, like he like there was a point when he was about seven months old where we would turn on um Hello It's Me by Todd Rundegren. And yeah. then he and I would do a funny dance and he'd laugh and laugh. <laughs> and then I remember the day that <laughs> Those opening chords kicked in oh. and he just stared at me blankly. He's like, we've done this. We already did. It. I know. Oh,
3: no. <laughs> oh God. Could you have a whiter moment with your kid, Todd
2: Rundgren? I mean, I love yes, it. Yes, I, I could. Love. I could. And I have. Oh. I was playing. Um, I was, oh my God. I was being such a like beta ass white dickhead dad. I was trying to, I was playing music for him. I was like, maybe he'll like, ugh. You know, maybe he'll like uh, OK Computer, It was so lame oh, I can't even name. That. I That's can't good. even name the music. I
1: love that record. And then
2: yeah. I, I turned down Pavement for him just to be a total <laughs> little bing bong of a guy. And <laughs> oh, uh, my, favorite. my son Malcolm went, he, he, he rotated his arms like this and he went round, 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 round. Which meant play Wheels on the Bus. Uh, <laughs> and so he hadn't Ever like he'd barely spoken at that point, and he <laughs> learned to he learned to talk to be like you can turn this shit off. Like yeah. I, get,
4: <laughs> I get
2: that this was cool maybe in nineteen ninety eight, but like round 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 would be fun.
0: Silver it, Jews, what?
2: Yeah, Silver yeah, yeah. You know, this, this guy, <laughs> this guy killed himself, Malcolm. You'll <laughs> love it. Wait, You'll now did, it. Did, did
3: Pavement sing haircut? You mean cut your hair? Cut your hair.
1: <laughs> Perfect. <Yeah. laughs>
3: or cut my hair? I yeah, it. that that song that's I, like yeah, that's okay. <laughs>
1: well,
4: yeah.
0: you're headed for a, a milestone yet that maybe you haven't anticipated, which is like you'll become the butt of your kids' joke, and then <laughs> yeah. I mean that's like we were, we had a my seven year olds in therapy. Let's not go into why, whatever. <laughs> But so you have to play games in therapy like that to elicit information from you. So one of the you play this game in the card is like, say something you like about your family. And she goes, I can say something I don't like. And I'm like, fuck, like she's <laughs> going to like nail me on something real, you know. And so the therapist is like, well, no, but try to say something you like. And she's like, you know, I love that my family's funny. So I'm like, that's nice. And then she's like. And I love that I feel safe about my family, but I want to say something I don't like about my family. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is going to be really bad. Like, I don't know what I did or what I yelled. And the therapist, okay, what do you not, what do you not like about your family? She goes, they fart a lot, especially my dad.
1: <laughs> In <laughs> therapy. <laughs> and so
0: then you're just that? like, so you'll, you'll get burned eventually. Right?
2: <laughs> it's coming. Oh, I, yeah,
0: I can't yeah. wait. Bo- both canaries
3: dead.
2: Mike, my my son's really like uh, physical, like likes, likes pratfalls a lot. And he does them by standing and then bending (laughs) over and touching the floor. But I pretend to fall, which I'm not, is not, I don't have a great facility for moving around (laughs) to make people laugh. But, uh, (laughs) but if I pretend to fall, that's currently working yeah as is whispering in his ear pee pee then he starts
4: laughing
2: (laughs) but i already can tell last night i was putting him to bed and i did it and he was like huh like (laughs) nose (laughs) breath so
0: it seems like you're not mimicking it all the way you were raised though like are you aggressively doing like what wasn't done for you or are you
2: oh somewhat yeah um but that's also the nature of not working most of the day uh you know I'm not a power lawyer in the 80s so right. I, I right. I'm, I'm 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 a little more free but at the same time I um I can tell like I try to like get Whenever I can, I try to be dressed up around him so he knows I'm a person of importance. <laughs> <laughs> he knows.
0: <laughs> oh, that's amazing. like I, I do,
2: and I and I I very quickly was like, this boy can't be in pajamas all day. Like I, I some of the formal aspects of my upbringing, I've already started with him. That's, that's good. Great. Yeah. I, it, a baby, it's shouldn't, smart. A baby shouldn't be in pajamas all day. A baby right. should be in little corduroys <laughs> and suspenders and ready to work. Oh, see, that
3: is that is the way you were brought up. It's funny because. I, uh, Goldie, that's a great question. I feel like sometimes we consciously say like, oh, I don't want to do what my parents did. But then when you're in action, you find that your, you you and your partner kind of naturally gravitate towards the way that you were raised. And it's like a battling of agendas. And so then, weirdly, you find yourself defending this thing that you're trying to get away from, and it creates oh, this whole kind of like end of Reservoir Dogs kind of parenting. I can't
0: <laughs> execute the gravitas my dad had, so it's it's like not on the table. Right. Right.
2: Yeah, what my, was your dad? What was your dad like?
0: My dad was born in 1920 and fought in World War II and was awarded a Silver Star medal on Guadalcanal for pulling two of his own men out of an ambush. So <laughs> right. and it's sort of like anything and then he was a doctor and then and so it's just like uh he would just make these grand proclamations literally it, everyone called him judge that was his nickname because they had so much respect for him. Oh wow. So it's just like no one's looking at me and going, you know, like if I proclaim anything like in general it's not heard.
4: <laughs> like I'm, like no one
0: stops talking when I proclaim stuff. So I yeah, I just you know can't
2: yeah Yeah. i I, I can't i like that that he was already a he was already a doctor but
1: they called him that that wasn't good (laughs) that wasn't
2: enough of a term of esteem
0: uh dr judge yeah (laughs) (laughs)
2: judge silver star winner (laughs) well what's what's interesting is you sometimes the inclination is well i like the way i turned out or that's the thought like well you know, I went to Jesuit school where there were only there were staircases you couldn't walk up and staircases you couldn't walk down. And <laughs> I'm great. I
4: <laughs>
2: like I, I forget. It's like I look past every single one of my problems and go like, well, all in all, I think I turned out as <laughs> functional as a person. can. <laughs> I'm,
3: I'm exactly the same way. And I have I share many of the same problems and issues that you've gone through. And I I do the same thing where I'm like, well, look at me, I'm fine. You know, and yeah, it's, only, yeah. it's only because there are the Dan Levy's out there who are saying, you know how much he made on Ted? I'm like, I'm yeah, doing yeah. great. If,
2: if you have a hype man, if you have a financial hype man like Dan Levy, (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, have Dan Levy talk to your children, Goldie. (laughs) That's
4: so sweet.
3: That would be a great cure. Now, we talked about it a little bit. So, you know, from early on, you kind of wanted to be a stand-up. But what stand-up did you watch or listen to growing up that you remember kind of making an impression on you?
2: Oh, um, well, I was one of those kids who, there were the big ones, you know, like George Carlin, and then uh, as I got into high school, Chris Rock, and a lot of the Mount Rushmore people I could name. But sure, I was one of those kids who liked every comedian at a certain point. I remember watching Comic Strip Live and Evening at the Improv, and yeah, I, it was rare I didn't find someone funny or that I didn't enjoy laughing when <laughs> the audience laughed. Like it was. I remember um, this comedian Dennis Wolfberg. Uh, yeah. Very funny guy. He had big eyes. Yep. And uh, he um like he I loved I loved George Wallace also. Yes. Um, that was he was he you had can a see
3: that in your work.
2: Yes, you can. <laughs> 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 he um he had like a refillable bit about stupid people. Uh, <laughs> 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 maybe the maybe the most refillable bit ever. He goes, yeah. well, you know, that he hates stupid people. <laughs> yep. And um <laughs>
1: So relatable. There
2: was a joke that he told that I went into school the next day and told, which was um, I was at the airport. I can't. I can't stand stupid people. I was at the airport. I, I told a woman my flight leaves at noon. She said twelve noon. I said no, two noon, bitch. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you told that, that must have been huge in the Jesuit school.
2: <laughs> it was great, and also, um, it, you know, right off the right off the bat, you believe I was at the airport the day before. <laughs> <laughs> So they're in from there. Now
3: I want to go back to something you said about Jesuit school and staircases. You could go up and
2: couldn't go up. What does that mean? There were at my high school on one side of the building, a staircase you could walk up. And on the other side of the building, a staircase you could walk down. You couldn't, if you were going up the stairs and you forgot something, you couldn't double back. You had to walk Across the building to the staircase, you could walk down. Wow, that's uh, it, it's a small thing, but it, <laughs> it memorable. Around, it really uh, it adds a it adds a level of difficulty to life that at that age is just impossible. It's right. just the feeling of moving upstairs and going. I need one thing, <laughs> <laughs> and I will and I will get jug, which is what we call detention, which stood for justice under God. Oh, oh wow! Oh, wow. Yeah, if I turn back, um, if I turn back on this staircase,
4: oh, and my, my
2: shirt being tucked in is an endless source of stress.
4: Yeah,
2: oh, but wow. yeah,
3: and yet you, you, I feel like your your shirt is always tucked in. Is that why? Is that what you're
2: saying? I don't wear shirts unless I'm wearing a suit because I'm scared of it coming untucked. <laughs> wow.
3: Still, <it's> because <laughs> of the jug. Oh, it was. My. It was
2: just a yeah. It was just a. A nightmare.
3: Oh, so yeah. so you carry that Jesuit experience into a Jesuit college experience? Uh, yeah, I really <laughs> I really escaped
2: by going to. <laughs> so although you, honestly, like it was it was interesting. I mean, a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds go to Georgetown. So yeah. definitely not just Catholic. Kids.
0: The first time you turned around in a staircase in college, what did that feel Ooh. like? <laughs> <laughs> rebel, rebel,
2: your tail blowing in the wind. <laughs> Georgetown felt completely like the high school I'd been at was so strict and Catholic. Georgetown felt completely secular. Yeah. Like I remember someone saying, it's kind of weird that some of the older classrooms have a cross on the wall. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like people are getting up and opening the window when they feel like it. (laughs) This is a paradise of free thinking.
3: So, okay. So you're, you're at Georgetown and uh which i believe was your parents alma mater and they were there yeah. they were there with bill clinton i'm not yeah, saying were, you're yeah. i'm not saying you're a nepo college baby I, just, I wanted to get to I the am. bill clinton thing oh um, yeah you had a very funny story in uh in one of your specials uh about that where you your mom used you as a human shield at some function so that you were able to to meet bill clinton and that that really did happen right
2: Yep, that happened. Okay. So they went to Georgetown. Um, my parents were, I think, three years behind Bill in college. But then they, my parents both went to Yale Law School not to follow each other. They will always <laughs> make Safe? a point of telling. Me. <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> not because we were in love, but because it was the best school. It was just like, oh, right, you <laughs> Got it. Um, and Hillary and Bill were both there. Uh, wow. And that story happened. Sorry, my my mom had her closest, almost uh, I don't know, almost make out with Bill Clinton <laughs> in New Haven. And oh, okay, uh, okay, there was a period of time from the late '80s to 2000 where my parents had some kind of personal beef with everyone in the news. Like (laughs) from the time uh, Robert Bork was nominated to the Supreme Court and got shot down, he'd been their professor.
1: Oh, wow. So
2: they were like, so, you know, they were like, ah, they were so stressed at all of his bad (laughs) answers. And they were like, you know, Judge Bork isn't handling this well. And that was like, and and then Clarence Thomas had been their classmate. Oh, oh boy! Wow. So they had a lot to say about that, and yeah. then Bill and Hillary—they uh, really skipped through history. Yeah, yeah, it was, a, it was a little Forrest Gump of a situation. Yeah, smarter Forrest Gumps. And then in 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 2000, or when George W. Bush was elected, he named that guy John Bolton. Yeah, uh, yeah. his cabinet maybe, and uh, I it said he was Yale Law School class of seventy. Four, which was seventy-three, which was my parents' year. So I asked my dad, uh, "Do you know John Bolton?" He goes, "Yeah, yeah, I, I knew him well. He has a he has a big mustache." I like, yeah.
1: <laughs> very well, very that's,
3: well. That's that's all anyone you knows. Clearly about known. Him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so one of the other uh, cool things about Georgetown was that you met uh, Nick Kroll. and is the
2: best thing about Georgetown, right?
3: And now well, Nick, we you know, I'm sure all our fans know who he is incredibly funny, uh, comedian, performer, actor. Um, but I have to say, uh, at first glance, you two seem quite different in, in terms of, uh, the way that you present your comedy, let's say, whereas Nick is like this sort of, he's just a natural clown in the best sense. Like he, he comes on stage, you're already just laughing. Um, whereas I, did you, do you feel like, that your kind of differences drew you together? Or did you realize you had more in common than you thought?
2: We had so many influences in common. You know, we were both, we both just kind of found Zero Mostel and the producers to be like maybe the highest point of art ever.
0: (laughs) Uh, I I think a cardboard belt might be my favorite comic thing. I'm (laughs) I'm wearing a cardboard belt. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Pretty
2: sure that Nick Kroll... I'm pretty sure his first LLC was called Cardboard Belt.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, look at his that. His first oh, wow. LLC. I'm oh,
2: first. my God. <laughs> <laughs> talk when your to Dan Levy. Yeah. When your accountant tells you you need a, a company uh, for VH1 best week ever money. Uh, <laughs> but I, I it might have been Cardboard Belt, or maybe it was I want that money.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> you just yeah. right at it right at, at
2: one it. point i want that money
0: <laughs> um, going so, to georgetown yeah. I, i'm sorry to, to interrupt you but are you like hedging your bets at that point like so i can pursue comedy there because of you know sound mind and a sound body and there's a jesuit thing of like you're allowed to pursue this elective but i'm really gonna be you know a diplomat
2: oh no, no, no i i was not on the foreign service school track at all i was I I don't remember exactly. I think it. Well, I know. I I said this is the best school I've gotten into, and my dad said to me, um, I was deciding between college. He goes, "Look, I know you don't want to go where I went, and I know you feel weird about going where your mom and I went, but it's the best school, and it's like a, it's an extremely interesting environment to be in. Hmm. And uh, I'm glad he told me that because it. While I wasn't, I wasn't making the most of what the, the university has to offer. Um, it was, you know, Madeline Albright was teaching on campus. You'd wow. see like really great people were coming to lecture there or give special lectures. It was really interesting to be around that, you know, a, a, a diplomacy government think tank of a school. It was really interesting to be around. And what I didn't realize uh, but was very grateful for was like, Nick and I's improv group was the only game in town. It wasn't like uh, (laughs) Emerson, where I think you have to be in a sketch group to get in. (laughs) It it was like, we were the only thing. We were the only comedy, the only thing. Um, What was the name of the comedy group? Georgetown players. Oh,
3: good for you for keeping it classy and not some, I mean, ridiculous pun.
2: (laughs) <laughs> oh, no, 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 because there was no, it was like, we were like, it, we, might as well, we were the Georgetown comedy group. There was no need for like, a, all the acapella groups had like, oh you know, uh, funky names. But That's we were, what it was
0: uh, when I went, was those were the comedy groups, because in between songs, they would like rip off SNL bits. Oh. I mean, this was in the ni- yeah. early 90s. Like comedy kind of didn't exist yet as we right. know it. It it wasn't like you couldn't break out of the a cappella group. You had it, was like if you're gonna do some comedy, you also have to sing Uptown Girl, (laughs) (laughs) it it just isn't enough for the audience, you know, unless they're hearing you know, do a ditty or something. That's a
3: delightful evening you've just described. (laughs) No, people loved
0: it, and I hated my best friend and I hated it in college, but it sounds like you had. Did you f- you didn't form that group? I mean that group I assume existed and people passed through or did you form it? Oh
2: no no, I didn't form it. It had been formed but, but it had been formed fairly recently by um Mike Barbiglia and a few people. Oh yeah, well that's Ooh. got good roots. All, yeah. right, but,
3: all right, so so you and Nick are buddies, you're in this group. When when did the germ of Oh Hello get created? Cuz it felt like something that you Guys had come upon years before and would just riff on, and then it, it were like,
2: let's turn this into a show. Um, yeah, it, uh, I don't mean to brag, I don't mean to sound narrative y, but like, I think from the very beginning, that was it. Was, we were just into very lame adults. Uh, <laughs> Very early. And people who say, like, you want some something to eat. Like, we just... I remember him telling me that... uh, I was just trying to remember the context for the story, but he was in a locker room, and some older guy said to another older guy, like, you're not going to steam? I thought you were King (laughs) Schvitt.
3: That's it. That's enough.
2: King Schvitt was just the idea of, like, since... Sincerely being like, but you're King Schwitz, like get in.
0: I, I mean, JC, that... can you put this picture up? I just want to yes. show you, this was my poetry professor at Columbia University. And I I feel like you,
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: his name was Kenneth Koch, and he was like a well-known <laughs> New York poet. But when I watched George wow. St. Gielgud, I'm like, this... <laughs> He, this is the guy. <laughs> oh my God! It really is. Also, you look can how take pretty his
4: glasses are. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, really and he nice. was just—you know—the person. He, he he was very kind of like inspirational, actually. But it, there was also the element of like the class was always, you know, twelve very attractive young women, and then two promising <laughs> literature majors. You know, of which I guess I I qualified as one. And, and, That's and he like, was, yeah.
3: That's an awesome likeness. Can you put that back up? Absolutely.
0: Now, tell me if I'm wrong.
3: That, I know you can't see this at home. That's Eleanor Roosevelt. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And and Eleanor Roosevelt, not an attractive woman, but as a man, looks okay. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's dapper. She
2: was,
3: she was in the wrong gig her whole
1: life. All right, you
2: can get, it, get It's good to know that no one knows how to take a photo. Like <laughs> a, 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 um, a, fair Isle, a fair Isle sweater, a scarf, <laughs> and maybe leaning against carpet. <laughs> yeah, this time we're good it looks to go. Like that. Oh my Here, god. Lean. like I mean we've all done the lean. <laughs> oh god. i um, so
3: I envy that you've done the lean. No one's asked me to lean. The the the,
0: the the thing I remember the first day that was very funny that he said was <laughs> don't bring me any poems about noble homeless people. (laughs) I guess every year people would, you know, there was one guy who was always panhandling like right at the gates of Columbia and he was singing a song and he had a cup and he would do a rhythm. And I guess people must just come in with poems that were like, you know, shakes might not look like a lot to you.
2: (laughs) God, We Um, had a writing professor in college that taught playwriting and screenwriting and, it was uh it was just tailor made to get way too invested in his approval. And uh, <laughs> <Right>. I remember <laughs> it was just it was like like, like That's I said so perfect. P- That's such a perfect <laughs> observation. The arts were the arts were a small component of Georgetown. So like there's only there's only one class where you want to thrive and it was just it was um it was a lot. <laughs> um and uh I remember in the middle of class once he was talking about uh, the the clock menace threat whatever he was talking whatever whatever uh. screen uh, playwriting device he was talking about he said because each of us can only live day by day and he said unless you're Mulaney and then you live minute to minute and <laughs> wow. I thought that was so I thought it was a compliment and, and I'm <laughs> like no
1: <laughs> you're like thank <laughs> you
2: you're always in a scramble. <laughs> oh, man.
3: Hey, but you were singled out by this guy. The the that, a I know that's yes. what's
2: lame. Is that's what I like. I was like, hey, yeah, yeah. yeah he very relatable me, to me. Too. The rascal.
3: Me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now let's talk about SNL for a little bit. Uh, as maybe you know, Goldie and I have a complicated history with that show, but we love it, and that's what drives us insane. But did you have an appreciation when you were going through that experience of how great it was? Or did it take some time to like, look back and say, you
2: know what, that was fucking awesome. Uh, no, it, I know, I knew immediately. So it was, I mean, I think the the biggest source of stress is that you, you tell everyone that you got hired. So like, yeah. you know, like a lot of writing jobs, we don't know people come and go and get let go after it. But like, it's like a gender reveal party. Like you tell your whole family and everyone yeah. knows you. Like I lived in New York, so at least I wasn't uprooting or anything. Yeah. I remember talking to Dan Mintz on the phone, Um, very funny comedian and writer. And he and I had just been writing at this show, Important Things with Dimitri Martin. And right. then I was hired as a writer at SNL and the night before my first day, I was like, this is going to be a bad year. Like, this is going to be tough. Like, you know, I read the oral history. It's going to be cold and competitive and everyone's going to be, you know, Ellen Clegg Horton's going to try to stab me in the back and all this (laughs) stuff. And, (laughs) And Dan said, he goes, yeah, but like, you know, if you get fired no one will remember that they'll just go oh john worked at snl once so like it's yeah. okay if you get fired and i was like that's great, because right? all these people they write for letterman and snl and they get fired and like no one ever talks about that they were fired and i was like okay that's a good way so i went in it being is? like this is gonna be hard i'll keep my head down but i but it's like you know whatever
0: have you, know. you tried for letterman at that point had no never i submitted never letterman.
2: submitted a letterman packet um I was once doing stand up at Gotham Comedy Club. Yeah. Uh, Just like I went up, did a set, got off stage, and then kind of found out it had been a Letterman showcase for Eddie Brill. Um, And uh, (laughs) so he pulled me aside into a room. I was like, what is, like, I just came to do a set and leave. And he was like, so looking at your set, you know, uh, Dave would never like your (laughs) comedy. Yay. I'm. I'm in the middle of my e- like I I have another <laughs> to get to. like I didn't need to be pulled aside and told that. He goes, "You do too many act outs. Dave wouldn't like that." <laughs> <All right. laughs> That's so funny. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, no, that uh, Conan was the one I submitted to a couple times.
1: That makes for. sense, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, well Conan was hilarious, especially I mean Goldie and that I that was I were, my show. Yeah. Yes. Much more. Same. Yeah. I remember their God, their third anniversary special was like one of the funniest things I had ever seen. I just remember what taping it uh off of you know on a on a VHS tape and watching that over and over. Was, was that so when
2: he came out in a top hat and tails?
3: I think that was the one that started with him like running through the city and then he ultimately jumps off Chelsea Pier into the water.
2: Oh, not the one where they're running through the city and everyone's joining him. Maybe that was the 10th year special. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's joining them and it's like this bigger, you know, like the- Rocky too. Man. And then, yeah, everyone's running along with him. And then- That one I remember, yeah. Uh, and then I think it's Ian Roberts plays one of the guys in the crowd and he goes, hey, look, it's David Lee Roth. And they cut to <laughs> David Lee Roth. Who lowers his sunglasses <laughs> and smiles. Red. And the entire crowd <laughs> feels away from Conan. To That's a very Conan joke. You know, those, annivers- those Conan anniversaries were such a big deal because like, I was so invested. It was the first time I knew about ratings and a show. Like, you know, The show was just famously in trouble in the beginning. Oh, <laughs> yes. My older brother and I were so invested in it. And yeah. I remember like, probably the third anniversary and Conan's on the cover of Rolling Stone with like super high... And I was like, we did it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. And is that we like white Irish men?
2: We did it. Let's not make it up. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I think it was like my my commitment to this show must right. have pushed it over. Viewers.
3: Okay. All right. The that's viewer. the way. No, because yeah. I mean, I'll watch Gary Shandling and say we did it. And it's a little bit of a Judaism thing. You know, the curb your enthusiasm. I'm like, we're still doing it.
1: Right. Sure, sure, yes. sure. Yeah. And we're, you're, still,
2: we're still doing <laughs> it. We're still doing it somehow. But then when I when I first was in New York and did stand up on Conan, I was amazed by... I was like, everyone here is like most of the writers here are white Irish and also like seven feet tall.
4: Yes.
1: <laughs> That's like a, Mike
2: Sweeney was tall. Yeah. Uh, is it was it Kevin Dorf? He like these guys well, there were was like, a Brian
3: Stack, giant. Oh, Brian
1: Stack, yes. Huge, of the tallest huge. person in the world.
3: What's <laughs> 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 funny? Family Guy has oddly and tall. And American writers. Dad, too. Yeah. Uh so Family Guy, we have like Two six five writers, a six four writer, six three, six two, and I remember because tall people love like on the first day, like when everybody's meeting in a writer's room, they love to ask how tall you are. Like, <laughs> yeah. It just gets that
0: conversation out of the that way. That being said, we also have a small ball lineup we go to. Yeah,
3: That's true. Yeah, for, for <laughs> okay. the the, the, the frontliners can rest at the end of the first quarter. No, but so we had this conversation it's the smart. first day we were all Family Guy together. How tall are you? How tall are you? One of the writers, Tom Devani, who's like six three himself, asked how tall I was, and I said, I'm 5'11, and he goes, uh that's five ten. And I, I was laughing and I go, You're right, but how the fuck would you know that? And he goes, anyone five eleven would just say six feet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's You've great. Unlock something that's a hundred percent accurate. Um but let's get back to SNL. Sorry for that sidetrack about my height. It's like five <laughs> ten and a half, really. Um but it, so SNL I've always found that people love to have an opinion about SNL. It's awful or it's amazing. Those are the sort of the two opinions that they have. And I feel like, and maybe you can speak to this, the difference is one sketch. If if the if an SNL has only one funny sketch, people will say that god that sucked. If it has two funny sketches, they will say it's the fucking greatest. It's totally back. Mm. Do you have you noticed like what the sort of quotient is for people to really love an, uh, an episode of SNL.
2: Well, I really do hope people look at them as full episodes. I know that that's changed a lot, a lot. Yeah. Right? And even by the time I was there, it was starting to become, you know, people watching it online on right. the side as well. So first off, I think people's like, people are just talking about their own lives. When they talk about how SNL been <laughs> good or was good, like, so true. oh really, you enjoyed something more at seventeen, <laughs> right. you do at forty-seven, and uh, things were, oh, the cast was so much better that, like, right, that's
4: so true. Yeah, you know, Tim um, is, you're, just,
2: you're just charting, yeah, like you know, you're just with some rare exceptions where I think you know, real fans will be like, no, despite the fact that I was twenty and vibrant. That, you know that listen that one thing i was pretty difficult
0: i maintain live performing from the album "Lakini's juice was the best <laughs> musical act what? to ever grace the stage at SNL, <laughs> and it has and, nothing to do with my full head of hair as i watched it <laughs> no i mean
2: i thought once standing on the floor watching the musical guest i was like why don't we do anything fun anymore like fishbone
4: That's great
2: And
3: Goldie, tell tell John who your favorite SNL host of all time is (laughs) Oh, Donald Trump
0: Oh, (laughs) that's true. It's just something I
3: say when it comes. He loves to say that to be confrontational. And and you
2: and you break down his episode from the early two thousands and the more recent one, and you go, Yeah,
0: I mean, it's just he just (laughs) knocked it out of the park. He should be there once a year. It should be a residency.
2: Um, No, but then in terms of people, like what makes people come back? Yeah, I mean, people will, you know, they. Feel like it's it's just made for listicles SNL obviously so yeah you finish off a season and they do a, the top ten sketches and there were like twenty times there were a hundred and sixty sketches and yes. like it just breaks down if you have a good ten if you have ten take homes yeah that's a great season
1: nuts.
2: yeah I mean I I I think most seasons you break them down and you go. Uh, oh, the Bo and Yangs uh, iceberg, like just yes. a couple things and people are. Right. Yeah. Right. All but it's again. also, it's also to me, like, um, I think people look at it as a utility and you can only be disappointed with the utility. Like <laughs> right? That's we're not, we're not Apple computers where we go, here's, here it is. That's, this working. is the phone and we, and you're going to like it. You know, yeah. we're like the post office, like <laughs> or we're viewed as the post office, like, you know what you're supposed to get. You have some vision in your mind and we can only right. meet or not meet that. <laughs>
3: um, now let's, since we're talking about SNL, I want to talk a little bit about your uh, friendship with Bill Hader, because I find it, it's so awesome to watch. I watched uh, your your interview of him from the 92nd Street Y, which was hysterical. And one of the things I, I love about watching you two is that, he is so absolutely delighted by your comedy. Like he's, because I feel like some performers and funny people like to kind of withhold their laughter a little bit. Like they, you know, they don't give it out really that freely. But I feel like you see Bill Hader completely unlocked by whatever it is you do mm-hmm. to him. So talk <laughs> a little bit about how you two met and connected on SNL.
2: Well, you're dead on in that Bill is. Um we have a real we just really found a harmony really quickly and he's a very generous laugher and honestly I think Bill I look back on like you know Nick and Mike Brabiglia really showed me how to be a comedian and do it and and Bill helped me so much by he always like publicly credited the stuff we wrote together
4: yeah it made
2: it was like it made a huge, huge impact on, you know, work I was able to do later. So, uh, awesome. but we met very first day. Well, we'd met once before through Dimitri Martin or something. Um, but we we met, Matt, when I was hired, and I pitched something to Michael Phelps, the underwater guy.
3: Um, <laughs> the, under, the depressed underwater guy. Yes, we know him.
2: Well, he, yeah, he loves it down there. <laughs> um hates it, up here. it like to be on dry land yeah you hates know. it up here loves it, down hates it up here <laughs> um too dry too dry uh well i a, a mark spitz talk show that was called putting on the Spitz," and <laughs> it was that. just it was old. Yeah, sold yes old of course and, and um andy sandberg came up to me and was like i do a mark spitz you know <laughs> which is, so the best thing about snl is just people go like I do a Mark Spitz. Uh, yes. <laughs> Why,
3: well, yes, I have a Hal Holbrook.
2: Yeah, no, really, being like, I, I, I can do Charles Durning. I, I can You're do right. it. Um, so uh, uh, then I thought, well, should his musical, should his uh, band leader be Elliot Spitzer and the <laughs> oh, Yes.
4: <laughs>
2: and then, so me, Andy, and Bill, and Brian Tucker worked that uh, night on this sketch. It was my first writing night ever. Cool. And... I just fucking laughed and laughed and laughed. Like it was so fun.
4: Awesome. And awesome.
2: Bill's Elliot Spitzer was one of my favorite <laughs> impressions that never really took off. We we tried to get it to be, you know, like a, a James Carville, one he could do a lot, but people weren't really biting. We just found Spitzer so funny. And, um, I remember one line is... Andy, as Mark Spitz goes, hey, Elliot, how's that whole thing going with you? And he goes, <laughs> right. it's the thing that will not die. And then play <laughs> plays a big keyboard chord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and from weird. then we just work, then we just, I think we wrote something every week. I mean, I know we wrote something every week from then on. That's just, so awesome. Well, it was like meeting a person who could who could actually do, he and Fred were like, I was like, oh, these things that I can't perform, I don't have that skill. Um, it's like writing for the best instruments in the world. I Just know for the
0: people That'd... from important things calling you and going, "How's it going over at SNL?" We, uh... I uh, <laughs> no, no, they no. Dimitri was also great about it.
2: I I I had some like 1940s vision of show business where like I'm like, but I have a contract with Dimitri. <laughs> yeah, he's not gonna let me out. That's and I remember true. calling him and asking for permission to go to Dimitri in many ways
0: he's the prototype not not for you at all but he's the prototype for the writer getting in front of the camera of that generation I feel like like he was on Conan as a writer and then he just became like too big and as a stand-up like similar to you I feel you know on SNL where it was like eventually you just had enough of your own following that you did your own thing I mean
2: yeah, Dimitri had a. Dimitri won the um, Edinburgh Fringe Festival and then oh. was hired at Conan. So like it was like we all knew about the hot, you know, the hire. Yeah.
0: But did you? Like. I I did want to ask you about this stand up wise because this never happened to me, and I'm wondering if at what point in your career this happened. But when did you start to get fans of you? Not just like people in the audience who were grooving on your comedy, but did you? Did was there a, like a moment where you thought? oh my God, there's now like 30 people to see me all of a sudden where it used to just be I was performing at a comedy show.
2: Yeah, I the the first couple of times I headlined a club. Um, I think the Houston, Houston Laugh Stop was the first club I ever headlined in 2007. And that was like, um, that was like, I had enough credits, like, or I had one credit I'd been on best week, I was on best week ever. So it was like from, so that allowed the club to go, all right, at least he's been on TV. And then, but people who came were just people who would come to the comedy. Um, I had a, uh, you know, I think around 2008, I had a Comedy Central half hour special and I had a CD out. I had an album out. Awesome. Um, And that, I I think that's kind of when it started where some people at least were there on purpose. Right, But then a, I did an hour special uh, for Comedy Central in 2010, 2011. And after that, after that, I, I, I knew that I, I remember I was doing the DC improv and I knew I couldn't do the jokes from the special because people had seen it and oh, were wow. there.
4: Oh, that's um,
2: interesting. Yeah.
3: It's funny. Comedy Central, just the, the mention of it. It's like. Comedy Central is sort of like the producer with the or the record executive with the RV at the beginning of that thing you do. It's like they're <laughs> sort of the junkie producer who's like, I'm going to hand you off to Tom Hanks now <laughs> and go to <laughs> SNL and do all the fancy yes. stuff. Um, but God bless Comedy Central. I used to watch that oh, oh my God. all the Comedy time. Central
2: Comedy Central was like, I mean, I was also an assistant there for a year. So like it, mm. it felt like there was a moment that felt like the center of the universe in 2002, 2003.
3: Yes. And before too. Yeah. With all yeah, those before, shows But like, also
2: just like, I mean, Oh my God.
3: The, yeah. They had it all going. I'd on go there.
2: to tapings at tough crowd and just be like, Oh,
3: <laughs> that's great. <laughs> um, so back to uh, you and Bill Hader for a minute, because uh, I'm sure all of our fans know the hysterical Stefan bits that you did on uh, for weekend update. And, Talk a little bit about the so the the gimmick there that people sort of became aware of, especially people in the comedy know is oh, Bill hasn't seen these lines and Mulaney is writing this stuff, and oh my God, look at him just cracking up in real time in front of millions of people. Uh and it was it was fucking fantastic. So how did you guys first decide to try that?
2: Um I'm glad you. I'm glad you found it funny. Like I always was. We were always a little like, our comedy people, a little like, fuck you, like fuck you.
4: Oh no, no, that's <laughs> like, oh,
2: you break. Oh, he makes you break. It, it, it was both true and it felt a little too cute of a.
0: We were seething with jealousy at the friendship, <laughs> the acclaim, and the quality. Yes. yes, yes. yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, take that. But
2: listen. I, I like the 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 notion of like breaking's okay in this case. We were very yes. conflicted on because it was genuine. He yes. There would be a couple jokes in it that he hadn't seen, or just like um, a rhythm thing, like putting Dan Cortez in yes. again and again and again, and yep. he would. Break and, and that all just that all started with the reality of SNL where you're putting in changes incredibly late. Yeah. And running up to the performer the, the cast member on the floor and whispering in their ear, like, okay, you're no longer Mark Consuelos. So when you get out there, it's gonna <laughs> say, Hi, uh, I'm Ryan Reynolds, like whatever it was. Right, right, um, right. that started with that. But everything in Stefan was so stupid and <laughs> uh absurd that the, seer- the severity with which I'd say, okay, I changed that to a cleaning woman who looks like Smokey Robinson. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's, I, that, and that is a great example. And you brought up Dan Cortez. And when you said that, I was wondering, did, did Bill or you ever hear from Dan Cortez after that?
2: I don't think so.
3: <laughs> and it would have been nice for him to, to reach out and say thanks for remembering me
0: cuz nobody else does he literally could have had a renaissance off that if he played that right. I'm yeah, not no. even kidding.
2: Um you know I uh the the late and great Taylor Negron I met uh after we'd used him in a Stefan. I can't remember what it was Taylor Negron was at one of the clubs. Yeah. Um and I met it's him and I said, "You know, I I hope you don't mind uh we uh had your name in a Stefan." And he said, "I know. I was watching and I was in my home." And right after you sa- they said my name, do you ever, when you're alone, just kind of look to camera? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what a line. I know. That's great.
3: <laughs> um, and, and I wanted, speaking of what a line, and you just brought up the Smokey Robinson thing, is hysterical, but I wanted to bring up, just because we're writers here, and I wanted to acknowledge how hilarious I thought this one particular observation was about a club that has everything. And one of the things is, a doorman who always high-fives children of divorce. <laughs> 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 that, that to me, like, I was absolutely blown away by that when it happened. And when I was building up to this interview, I was watching more of that stuff. And I was like, there's that fucking line. And was that... I mean, can you even remember, was that just like, hey, we have a show in 30 minutes, we got to think of a line? Or do you remember anything about that?
2: that no, line? no, that that one's pretty deep in my... That 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 notion <laughs> was pretty deep in my bones from growing up, that there was always like, hey, little man! Like, there was, a, <laughs> there was always like, you know... Uh, He's the father figure. <laughs> yeah, and he needs a little cheering, you know, like, a, yeah. he needs a little cheering up. This yes. is quite... Uh, quite a trauma to go through. Contentious. And it's contentious. It's contentious, and you know, he saw the father move out and yeah, he sweet. got a lot of opinions, but always the high five. Sweet. Uh, sweet. No, that was like, that was, that was deep in my DNA as a thing. <laughs> so um, funny. The rule I feel like stuff- you
0: could do a, each of these lines go through each of them with you. <laughs> Were there infinite amount of time and what, like, that could be a podcast. <laughs> I know. I know. Anyway, that I felt
3: that I to go back to your fear of at least from my perspective, like did comedy people look at it like fuck you guys? No, I and I and I know what you're saying about breaking on SNL and the the Andy Samberg thing. Honestly, was a little bit annoying to me watching it, Uh, and even Fallon. Going back to Fallon, where they would break and and chuckle. And I would kind of say like, oh, Fallon's doing this on purpose because he knows he's so fucking adorable. <laughs> but with with Bill, you get the sense that he is more of, a, shall we say, like an artiste about what he does. So for him to break, it felt like this is more earned. Yeah. And, and of course, the material that you were breaking him with was so funny to me as a viewer anyway that I, I agreed with him breaking.
2: Yeah, we... um the part of the fun for me was that bill has this great son of oklahoma work ethic and <laughs> yeah. he was he was genuinely apologetic after each one like i'm right. sorry man it's like i was doing it but yeah. he was like really like i'm sorry man i just i fucking lost it and uh we <laughs> would really always go him. to the dinner after the show Um, some call it a party, but it's just Mm -hmm. writers having dinner with their parents who flew. (laughs) Very late dinner. (laughs) And we went, we would always go up and apologize to Lauren just to gauge, like, is he like, you fucking cutesy guys think this is so, and he was like, the things you're saying are actually funny. So I'm right. right. He's right. He was
3: right about that. Um, now let's switch gears from something good to, uh, something else you're, you're talking to right now, um, two of the people who are most responsible for the sitcom dads in this world, or you're looking at them right here. Um, and we had, we had amazing actors, really funny writer's room, and we failed spectacularly. And so I wanted to talk to you about in your, in your feeling, like where did the show Mulaney not turn out right? Like where did it kind of like miss what you wanted it to be?
2: Um, all, all on me, um, all on me. Some, uh, where did it miss what I wanted? Um, the realities of production and, um, being, going from being a sketch writer who was inside 30 Rock, right. fiercely protected, protected by, by a castle, prote- no, and fiercely protected by Lauren in a way yes. that I didn't mm. realize till we left. I mean, Lauren would yell at Jeff Zucker, like, <laughs> in front of us like I had uh, no idea what it was like to um, really get notes and really and beyond just getting notes that every every part of it I, I did not know what it would be like to run a show and I and I luckily had uh, John Pollock with me who's yep. a wonderful, oh, yeah. wonderful guy He's and great a great you. writer and um, was really patient with me figuring out those frustrations but I was on the phone too goddamn much I was I was, I wanted to be like, I should have just tried to get the this exact tone onto the page and onto the screen. But I was also like, I felt like a cruise ship director, like right. personnel <laughs> and I was, it was just such a massive thing that I, um, I just lost the thread somewhere. You know, yeah. it was, it Seems was, easy uh,
4: to.
2: but we had really funny jokes. We had great writers. The table reads were you know, I, I I can trace it on a micro level from table read to the show we would turn in. Yeah, because that and was that the issue with dads too. I wrote 20, but also I wrote like 29 minute episodes and then it'd be the funniest table read any of us had been at. And then I just didn't realize that I'm cutting the eight minutes that made, you know, all of us delighted Right. Because I'm tracking a story because I'm tracking a story that we've, you know, gotten approved from Universal and Fox over the course of the week, yeah, um, so, yeah, it was just I think just inexperience and um and not understanding the job. I remember I went to dinner with Lauren Michaels, who produced it right before I went out to start production on the Fox Show. And I told him I went. I'm really just going to run this the way Matt and Trey run South Park. Like I was like, <laughs> I like how they're just out in Marina Del Rey. They don't talk to anyone. They don't interact with anyone. That's And right. Lauren stared at me and he went, "Do you realize you're you're running for Congress?" He's like, "Joe is like, like you're you're doing a network uh, half hour. Like this wow, is yeah. this is involves so much." You know, it involves so many logistics, so many right. people you have and to Diplomacy to.
1: and, yeah, just... Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. I, I have a, a theory about your show and Dad's a, a little bit, too, in terms of subject matter, that, like, we were looking backwards, raised on the Seinfeld Cheers model or whatever, that, like... These people were adults in adult situations on the show, right? And I, when I was watching it, it was like, Seinfeld is who I want to be. It's like, or even George to an extent was kind of like this misanthrope in the city going around oh, and yeah. sort of being a dick in the office and then dating, whatever. But like right as these shows came out, people really started getting into their phones. And it ruined – if had phones been around in Seinfeld, it, it would – you can ruin any episode of Seinfeld with a cell phone. Like the restaurant, it's like they just look up a different restaurant or whatever. The soup <laughs> Nazi won't let me in. It's like, well, I'll door dash the soup or get a task record. Like, <laughs> right. And I think we were, again, canary in a coal mine, of like story-wise, we were writing these stories in a way that people were no longer quite living anymore because they were in – now it's just, people are just an extension of their phone. And we were writing stories that were like what we were raised on, which kind of weren't quite, they were two years untrue, I feel. That's oh,
2: a hundred percent. Sudeikis always had this idea. Uh, I wish we'd done it at SNL, which was just cheers with phones. And like, <laughs> oh, everyone's oh, just, I mean, everyone's I mean, just on their phone. Like, no, yeah, right. the <laughs> That'd be amazing. Every, no one's talking and everyone's on their phone. Um, I think that you're absolutely right. Like I was, there was an additional element that I added, which was some of the only tightly wound interpersonal types of storylines are dating and, uh, sex-based. And I was like, I don't want dating on the show. Like that's, that's what the other multis do. And we're going to have, you know, one of the apartments is haunted and we set up a camera to catch the ghost, but We see our roommate master, but we're gonna have these like yeah. I wanted like Sergeant Bilko kind of (laughs) plot, right? We're like we all and you know (laughs) we decide to have an apartment dance and ever, you know, like it just was. um, Yeah, it was it was that thing of like here's what we're not gonna do, and then you know we got into like I mean, but I liked it. I liked where we I liked what we did, and I liked where we went. But it does. it does limit uh, yeah. half hour storytelling, I think. Right.
4: Did
3: you get the sense at the time uh, when the show was out that there was an element of like people or critics that were waiting for something like this with you like did, did, did it feel like people were unnecessarily mean to you in in their <laughs> reviews?
4: Um,
2: I found it uh, I found it pretty aggressive but I didn't feel like I had a target on my back. I, cause it was twofold. I, I realized that people who sort of liked where I came from were disappointed, but I also found out that most people had no idea who I was. So
4: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it was
2: like it's the worst spot. of both worlds. No one in LA, like no one in the town seemed to like the town. No, <laughs> yeah, no one know. in I'm gonna own it. No one in the town <laughs> yeah, sure. to, you know, um hair or be like, yeah, but we're gonna be behind him because we think that wasn't happening. And then also uh people who were like, We we like what we've seen you do at SNL and stand up were like this is too broad. So I not enough people knew me, and those who did were thrown by it. Yeah. Um the uh I mean there is uh I remember Marika Sawyer who wrote with me on the show and has written many other amazing things. Um, she did say to me when the reviews were so awful and directed at me, she's like, I know that, you know, that this is funny. And I was like, I do know, I know this is funny. <laughs> right. Yes, like, I, I do appreciate that. This is hard, but that's I, I do know how funny it is. Right. It yeah, feels like
0: we are due for a think piece on reconsidering your show, that someone will go back and go, hey, it's actually good. Like, I, I do feel like that could
2: happen. Yeah. Um, Would you yeah, do it? I mean, <laughs> I, I've always... I, I won't pretend I haven't thought about that. I won't pretend <laughs> I, yeah. and, But, but... In, in what I'm, publication? I'm like, real be careful what you wish for. I'm like, it might be... uh, It might be a wobbly show. Uh, But there were... S- I don't know. I mean, Elliot Gould coming into our apartment and saying, does anyone know how to get a turquoise ring out of a VCR? Like that. (laughs) That's just funny. That's just funny. It's just funny to me. Uh, Yeah. There were, there were, yeah. Yeah. Um,
3: It was an interesting time. Was there, was there any particular reason that it was on Fox and not NBC? Was that a story?
2: yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Bob Greenblatt passed on it. It was, it was done as a pilot called, uh, Mulaney Don't Drink. Uh, and it was about me quitting drinking and drugs and deciding I really want to become a good person, but had Martin Short, Elliot, yep. team and Seaton, and was a similar show, but had actually had something to it. And when we went, when Fox, which was amazing that after a pilot passed on, was able to go, uh, Universal brought it to Fox and Kevin Riley bit on it, which is amazing. The the discussion was like, but lose the quitting drinking part. Uh, (laughs) The story
0: is the one thing that's really gonna give it the resonance with because I hear that and I go, that's like I just go, that's great. Like, yeah, it should be Mulaney, don't drink.
2: Yeah, and it's and it's like these are you know how do we you know like we are I'm a reckless person. Uh, It felt a lot more in tune with who I was, which is like a pretty sunny person who has. Strange dark sides, <laughs> yeah. you know, just has like has has had some uh, real dark spots, and so. But as as development of the new show happened, I was kind of like trying to be an A student, and uh, I wanted it to get on. I, so, and of I course. also thought, well, Seinfeld had no grand character based premise, and right, never chase Seinfeld. People, know, right. Right. <laughs> stop, just yeah, you know.
3: That's great advice. Never chase Seinfeld because I feel like people still are doing that.
2: Plus, Um, he's in a Porsche, so you can't catch him. No,
3: (laughs) you'd never catch him or whatever car he's having coffee with.
2: I, 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 by the way, I was so naive when Kevin... So we're doing the show. Kevin Riley leaves Fox uh, Mm. and Gary and Dana come in. And I was clueless that this was bad news for me.
3: (laughs) Hello. Hello, new bosses.
2: Yeah, I remember Kevin... Riley, a wonderful, wonderful man and a brilliant guy, we're on the phone and he goes, I'm I'm really sorry. I just I uh, I, I wanted this show to work. You know, I I you you've done something good and he was because he was he was out of Fox and I was on the phone with him like, Well, you should be sorry. You you don't have the same job anymore, but like I'm fine. I <laughs> right. They'll they'll come to a tape night and fall in love with it, you know. <laughs> I'm sure they I... have their own. Late, but they'll see what we yeah, got they'll find room for me. Like
0: my my show, "United We Fall," this ABC thing. So I I fly United to upfronts. United We Fall. Ah, <laughs> yes, thank you. He does uh, it's like it's like slipping in the same patch of grease. Uh. <laughs> they they so they fly me out to upfronts, and it's like we're they don't they're not showing the sh- like I I keep anticipating. Well, that now they'll show that trailer and they don't show it and then at one point uh eli manning comes on stage for a 15 minute live interview with scott van pelt oh, no. <laughs> like the most bo- and i like scott van that's no criticism but what are you going to say it up front's it's like eli are you excited for the season he's like yeah i think you know and, and i'm just going like what the and then <laughs> they don't show they don't show a trailer for the show and then i'm still kind of like yeah but i mean if we hit our numbers you know <laughs> right like, <laughs> like, no they're not doing the show they didn't even like show it it's oh,
2: brutal
3: uh, uh um so uh john we we just have like one or two more questions here so did um,
2: we do i sorry to interrupt but did yeah. we do like how many um episodes of dads was there 20, 20. 18 20.
3: you got to 20 yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, but yeah.
0: One or two didn't air. There was the lost dads that didn't. Yeah, air. there's there's the lost dads out there,
3: which yeah. I don't remember. I remember there was a funeral in it, but I don't remember Fiends. anything more about it.
2: How do you look back on dads?
3: Oh God, I, I. It's almost like I, I, I haven't totally sorted it out yet. But I do feel like we had so much fun in the making of it. But, but like you, I was not uh i just wasn't wasn't ready for it i wasn't ready to run a show i didn't know you know i didn't know everything that went into it and i didn't know that that would mean i would have to put extra into uh the writing part of it which i thought we were all just laughing in the room put that in with really little thought about how this is all going to hang together as a satisfying episode of television it was i i kind of uh, tend to go for the joke at the expense of the story, you know, like I don't mind if a joke is funny and it, it does has no help to the story or even kind of hurts it. Like, I'll, I'll just kind of put that in. But turns out when you make a show that's a lot of that, nobody gives a shit about what the show is. Like, you just right. don't give anyone the opportunity to care about right. the characters. So, again, right. you can tell how I scattered I am. I
0: felt that, and I, I said this at the time but like it took place in San Francisco but no one even knew that like that wasn't <laughs> right the, that is like y- point. you could do funny San Francisco stuff and we could have but like you had no idea that that was their environment and they and they worked at a video game company and literally the dialogue about that is like is the game done <laughs>
4: yeah. well no
0: the game is going to take another week like there were you know i felt like at the time, as a writer, I remember, I remember trying to flag that maybe we could dig into some specifics yeah. of what we had set up and then kind of meeting with enough mockery and resistance that I just <laughs>
2: One thing I look back on and really kick myself, not that it would have made the difference, but like my character works for Martin Short, who's kind of like a, a Howie Mandel comedian who was doing a big network like super high-octane game show called Celebrity, You Guessed It. And <laughs> uh, and yet, like, because I, as a comedian, had written for different... I'd, I'd written for different comedians to do panel and stuff, or when people were on a publicity tour, I'd, like, write jokes for their late-night spots and stuff. Um, because I'd done that, I thought, well, he should also do that for Lou, Martin Short's character. So he would work with him in his apartment, too. So we had this massive penthouse set. When really like, I remember it was Dan Levy at the time was like, you should just work on a show like Deal or No Deal. Like that's a, that has a set. It has a funny world to it. And we yeah. gradually got there. But the yeah. fact that I kept this apartment set, cause I'm like, well, when you have these jobs, you know, you have to write for a lot of things. So you, we also should see them working in his personal space. <laughs> Such a waste of time and money.
3: Martin Short's a funny guy though. The Whoa. funniest uh, I I mean, that was because we're we're older than you are by about a decade. And that was what locked me into SNL was that one outlier season with Martin Short, Billy Crystal, Christopher Guest, Harry Shearer. That was fucking fantastic. You can yeah. still see a lot of that on Peacock, which is very satisfying.
2: Yeah. Jackie Rogers, Jr. Uh, oh. Jackpot Watt is so funny. So funny.
3: Um, All right. Well, let's because we are ostensibly about writing here. So I just wanted to first of all, your special, as we talked about up top, Baby J is going to be, I believe, out tomorrow when if you're listening to this on uh, on a Monday. So April 25th, it's coming out on Netflix. Is um, was it a good experience putting this set together? Are you uh, like how did you feel about this one compared to some of your others?
2: Oh, well, this one. um, So this specials uh, covers a a big recent period where um, I had a pretty severe drug problem, had a big intervention, went into treatment for a few months. uh, And that fills up a lot of this. I mean, there's a lot to it. I I, I think people really enjoy it. I don't mean to give it sort of just that bullet point, but it's... uh, it felt different, but it didn't also. I I felt like it was just, I, I was giving more detail to um, stuff I'd talked about already, but uh, I recognize that this is, um, in, in a way I'm really proud of, digs deeper into some, uh, some things that were, you know, I'm not proud of and were really difficult. Yeah. Working on it was like, uh, working on it was fun. I mean, it was like, it was like a almost a two year tour. Uh, wow! So you know, I got to I got to really um, try everything I wanted to try and uh, narrowed it down. This is a little longer than my last specials, which I'm actually really happy about because I was cool. I thought this is the time to tell all of these stories um, and get them all down. And I really I I think um, I think people really like it. I hope they do. Um, But I, yeah, it's like, it is quote unquote difficult, you know, you you could say, oh, it's difficult to talk about such things, but it it wasn't. It was was a lot of of fun.
0: When When you're in treatment, do you find that, like, you're performing and you're writing, do you, are you ever able to parse, is it more a cause or solution to sort of your internal torment? like when you get in there are you writing instantly cuz you're like as bad as this is for me personally this is funny and I should start or are you just kind of like I need to focus on me as a person and like forget about that crap
2: oh no I did forget about that but um well interestingly I was I was in treatment twice uh I was in for a little while then I relapsed and then had to go again you know the first time I was I was wanted to be the most interesting person in group and was was, was <laughs> yeah, aware of yep. and occasionally had some beats uh, <laughs> written out. I mean, I really, I really, I, you know, there were the, we would read goodbye letters when people checked out and like, I, oh. I didn't not work on mine. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and that was like, uh, and I thought I was, I thought I was doing so well because, uh,
1: you're <laughs> because,
2: because you're I getting
0: was... big laughs. laughs.
2: Yeah. I was like, I'm so good in group. So I yeah,
4: right.
0: I'm so good in group. Comedians <laughs> can con therapy to a disturbing degree by yeah. treating it like a talk show. I've learned. And, and, and not just
2: being funny. Like I knew what levels of candor are,
4: mm-hmm. yes, uh, yeah.
2: Seem vulnerable. I mean, it's 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 a sick skill.
4: It's a sick skill,
2: and it's it's not great in those situations. My one-on-one counselor at my first rehab said to me uh, at the end, "He goes, you present very well," and that's what terrifies me.
4: Mm -hmm. And I thought
2: your mask is strong. I, I thought, I thought, yeah, you know, that's. That's
3: pretty cool.
0: (laughs) I'm presenting well. Yeah, I'm presenting well. You Uh, noticed me? uh, Well, I
3: I can't wait to hear about all that stuff, and I will be watching it tomorrow with, I'm sure, most of our fans. So please go check out John Mulaney's Baby J on Netflix. And John, you've been so generous with your time today. And again, I guess we begrudgingly have to thank Dan Levy for all this, but. (laughs) You are he's so. Our,
2: he's he's the millennial Lou Schneider. He's. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's up right.
3: Up no, the, yeah. Dan will step up at our wedding and say these two. I knew it. Um, but you Did were Lou
2: Schneider. Do that?
3: <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just saying. Like there, there's always the person who brings people together, and then at oh. the wedding, they're like, "This is my moment." Um, <laughs> anyway, you've been very fun to talk to. We yes. really appreciate it. it, and so thank you so much for being here, John Mulaney.
2: Thank you for having me. And next time I reach out, you know, just ask me a little faster. Yeah, Yeah, take it. We will (laughs) will do that. Thanks for having me.
4: Thank you.
3: Oh, well, what an interview. God, boy, it seemed like he really did like us. Uh, And next week, we are excited for our guest, who is also incredibly funny. And we'll see if he's nice. I have a feeling he might be. Next week, we have the very talented comedian performer Yasser Lester coming on the show. Awesome. Yes, sir, Yasser. Next <laughs> week. Yay. Tune in for that. Uh now let's get into a portion of the show that we like to call Top Five. Top Five. Oh. Love hearing us again. <laughs> JC, this was your topic this week, so why don't you start us off? What are we top five in about? It
1: feels like it's been so long since we've done this, but yeah. uh, top five. You nepo start with five, babies. by the way. <laughs> Thank you for a reminder. Uh, top five nepo babies because oh, we yes. talk about them so much. We even nepo. talked about this at the beginning of the show with uh, John Bon Jovi's son marrying Millie Bobby Brown.
3: That's right. She's That's a nepo how we got baby. her that helped
1: (laughs) sure it did (laughs) um okay so number five she has probably the coolest parents ever zoe kravitz
3: oh yeah Mm. that's a good one yes she's a good one i I don't know how cool lisa bonet is i know Lenny kravitz seems to be cool
1: yeah but she's i mean Probably the, I think, from If you that mean era. best looking,
3: then <laughs> yes, yes. yes. If that's what you mean by cool, then yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I felt like she was cool and beautiful at the same yeah, time. Cool looking? Absolutely. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. You're a right, good point. My number four is Rob Reiner. Oh, yeah.
4: Right?
3: yeah that's a good one. Did there not you. think of that. That is, a, that is a very good one. And he did well with it.
1: Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, my number three is Ben Stiller.
3: Yeah, another Jerry one I didn't think Stiller's
1: of. Son,
3: someone else who's done very well, very well, and probably uh, surpassed mom and dad in a way. Yeah. Although you know Frank from from yeah, Seinfeld Jerry, is hard Jerry, to top. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: number two is Laura Dern.
3: Yeah, love her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bruce Dern.
1: Yes, Bruce Dern's daughter. And then my number one is kind of she was the first one that popped into my head. um, Basically feel like I grew up with her. She seems very down to earth and kind of normal. But also weird and kooky is uh, Drew Barrymore.
3: Yeah, mm. wow. That's a really good one. I didn't think of that. She's the ultimate because she's, she's the like ultimate. Yeah. Nepo Baby's Nepo Baby.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> John
3: Barrymore to who?
1: John Drew Barrymore, which is well, his son. Well, there's
3: Lionel Barrymore the, oh, was I don't way even back know. when. Oh,
1: Really? Yeah, There's Lion- so many Barrymore.
3: Ba- the older Barrymore, uh,
4: like was, four was generations, n-
3: his nickname was The Profile because he Ooh. had such a great, he looks like, yeah, those script those sketches that they used to make in the Victorian
0: era of people. Yeah. Like his, his profile is so perfect. I know what it feels like. <laughs> you know who's <laughs> in good a, the- in <laughs> that respect is the actor who plays Frank on Succession.
1: Ooh, wait. Oh, yeah.
0: He just cuts he a, a very specific good figure of someone who's <laughs> like third in charge of something. Yeah, yeah. I, I do like that guy. He's but great. don't talk about
3: succession. I need to catch up after the vacay. Oh, yes, um, all right. Let me get to my Nepo babies. Okay. Number five. And I like okay. uh, Gwyneth Paltrow.
1: Oh, okay. Daughter
3: of actress Blythe Danner and producer Bruce Paltrow. Yes. and She's certainly done a good job with it. Number four. Dakota Johnson.
1: Oh, yes.
3: Don She's... Johnson and Melanie Griffith. Yes. Oh, so yeah. quick quick Don Johnson story. Okay. Uh, we're moving back to California soon to this little town north of L.A. And we we were in there looking at houses and we stopped to have lunch at this little place. So we're there, myself tall and our seven-year-old, Levy, we're walking into this restaurant. As we're walking in, I noticed this like older guy – just does a beeline and totally cuts off Levy, like almost pushing her aside oh, oh, to like God. grab a napkin or something. And I'm clocking. I'm like, what a fucking asshole.
0: Wait, let me guess. Philip Michael Thomas? <laughs>
3: That's exactly <laughs> right. So nice. You know, we sit down at our table and I noticed that guy is sitting at the next table because he was wearing some unusual hat or something. And then when I looked at his face, it's Don Johnson. So I'm thinking what an asshole he is. <laughs> And as I walked by, I had to go pick up our food and I had to walk by their table. It was the only time I could hear him talking. And I just heard, heard him say, and it's all because of the goddamn midterms. <laughs> I <was> just like, <laughs> all right. I don't, you didn't say what party you're in, but I know what party you're in. <laughs> um, so that was my Don John, my brush with paint. Did he
1: have tattooed eyeliner?
3: That I did not notice.
1: Oh, okay. That's that like seems some...
3: like a girl thing to notice. Yeah, so well... I would not... Number three, Jamie Lee Curtis.
1: Yes, very
3: two very famous parents. She's great. Yes. Yeah, and she's. And congrats to her for her Oscar. Yes. Yeah,
1: she's just pushed
3: Angela Bassett right out of the way. Okay, number two, number two, and I'm going went in a different direction with my last two. Number two, JFK.
1: Ooh. Oh. oh, yes, 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 yes and,
3: yes. and one of the greats of all time. I mean, his dad was super powerful and basically put him into politics, and it worked until it didn't. Right. Um, <laughs> Did number one, same vein, W, George he, W. Bush.
1: Oh, wow. He's, he, oh, I had him on my ultimate, list.
3: But... Ultimate Nepo baby.
1: Yeah. Yes.
3: Uh, anyway, that was fun to
0: think about, JC.
1: Oh, a
2: little bit
0: what of a hearing? different tone. Good. So the, the first few I thought it's a little bit derogatory. Oh, uh, did they deserve it? Right. Uh, number five, John Quincy Adams. Oh.
4: <laughs> <laughs> like, like the
0: first, the second president is John Adams, and then all of a sudden it's John Quincy <laughs> Adams. Yeah, it's like, that that feels a little close. I just liked you saying Quincy, Quincy. like that. Number four, times. Jenna Hager. Bush.
3: Ooh, uh. <laughs> ah, I see a middle name theme here.
0: Does she, she doesn't deserve it. <laughs> Number three, little overlap. Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> Alluding me mean little overlap.
1: Overlap. Yeah.
0: Then I went in a different direction. Number two. This is just someone I actually really like. Miley Cyrus.
1: Ooh, yes. Oh. She, she, that's a yeah. great one.
0: And number roll. one, I can't believe neither of you had this person. The biggest Nepo baby of all time. Are you good, Jesus?
1: That's what Stu oh, wanted me to put. <laughs> yes. Come on. That yes. is a yes. good one. Yes. Agreed. Oh. <laughs> Very and, good. And uh,
0: I got the topic for next week.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, what is yes. it? What is it?
0: It's the top five popular foods you don't care if you never eat again.
1: Oh, Okay. These are
0: very popular food. You can't go obscure, but they're things that are well liked and accepted, but you don't care if you never <laughs> eat them and you may it. never eat them again. Like I'll give you an example for me. Yeah. Rice. <laughs> oh
3: wow! Ah, dude, thanks for the rice. I don't need
0: <laughs> it's rice. affecting you. It does nothing for me. <laughs> you, wow. If I want bread, I'll have bread.
1: <laughs> That's so okay. Oh, this pasta's
0: not even that s- good, and I pasta poster- great. <laughs> don't need rice. Wow! I oh, can have rice all, every
1: day. That's hilarious. This
3: all feels so <laughs> hostile to Travis and Biggs. Still, still, <laughs> it feels like you're getting them. Oh, they're, the the bodies are dead. You're strafing them.
1: <laughs>
3: All right, well, that's a fun category, though. That's we'll do great. That yeah, looking week. forward to that. Uh, and now let's end this week, as we do every week, on a high note. Oh, oh Tom and Max. <laughs> we miss them. Yes, we miss them. I'll just go ahead and say it. I yes. loved hearing Tom in the best of episode. Yes. Very funny. Yes. <laughs> um, high notes. Well, mine was it should be kind of self evident. our trip to the Maldives was fantastic. Tall nice. and I had a great time. I know I've come on here before and complained about my lot in life sometimes, but Tall and I had an amazing vacation and i will tell you one little funny detail about it is that she brought unbeknownst to me because i probably would have rolled my eyes had i known (laughs) she brought these things called intimacy cards and so every night before dinner we would each take like five of these go have a drink and like it asks you ask each other questions and it's cute can i tell you it was so great like (laughs) I'm sure, Goldie, maybe you can relate to this, and maybe even JC. too. No, I was
0: just thinking of how much I hated that idea.
3: (laughs) I know, but that's why, and I would have said that ahead of time, too, but she brought them the whole way.
0: So give me Uh, an intimacy card.
3: It would be like... Let's do one right now. (laughs) No, it would be stuff sort of like... You know, in in what ways do you think your upbringing has affected your uh, ability to be in a relationship today? Oh, wow! So it's like deep questions. I just told you, know? you that I can't I can't hit someone. <laughs> yes, so.
4: exactly. I don't know what See, to do when I'm mad. But, then,
3: but I think the key element to it was the fact that these questions are from a neutral third party. It it, it
0: the Milton I, Bradley Company
3: exactly. <laughs> I don't have any feeling about Milton or Bradley, so you know, bring them on. But yeah. honestly, like sometimes if you go into a conversation with your significant other, there you are triggered or they are triggered just simply by the fact that I'm talking or she's talking. Like if I ask her a question, she's already putting so much on it. If she asks me a question, I'm thinking, why is she asking that? What's her motivation? Is she trying to make me look stupid? Yeah. But the fact that these cards are like. These are written down in this thing. Yeah. Like nobody's There's... got an agenda here. These are just random questions. It was great. It opened up so yeah. many great lines of conversation, and we had a fantastic
1: yeah. time. Yeah, and you had to be willing to talk about it. So that's yeah. that's good. Yeah.
0: Yep. No, it was wow. great.
1: You want you want to go next, Goldie?
0: Sure. So uh, it's very rare for me to enjoy comedy. Oh. But I want to take my hat off and tip it. To the makers of the new Party Down, which there's a, a was, new Party Down, yeah, oh there's a new season of it, and they just did such a good job of passing the time in between and explaining why, why the people are where they are, and the performances are so great. It's so well written, very entertaining.
1: Is it the same cast? Uh yeah, yes, okay. for the
0: most part, except okay. for um, Lizzie Kaplan.
1: Okay, awesome. Um. Okay, so you know, honestly, the um, this isn't my high note, but I do want to address the the um, clips, the highlights episode. I did have a really good time doing it. Um, I do feel like I had a vacation. I do. I genuinely do. Um, oh, that's great. So I was going to do a literally just like here's some clips and then call it a day, but I got like obsessed. Detail yeah. after I just got like well, it showed. It, and, and I really had a great time and I just, I'm very happy about our podcast. And, and I, just hearing all of us laugh together is a, its own joy in itself. And that episode, you can hear how much we, we laughed together. I and know it was,
0: we were cracking up. It's funny. Yeah, it what great. happened to us? Let's
1: get you,
3: break out the
0: intimacy cards. <laughs> all I, yeah, that's right. Anytime I hear it's like, I hear anything of myself and i was enjoying myself it was like well i'll never be able to recapture that <laughs> i mean i'm, I'm not, i can't be that funny anymore yeah. i don't know what happened to me i you do it i used to week. have something and now i suck
4: <laughs> no, but no. as we were
0: doing it i was like i suck i know right. i it wish truly. this had been around 15 years ago when i was funny uh, the secret <laughs> no, sauce no.
3: is you thinking that you suck but unfortunately that's the thing we're both trying to get out of yeah. anyway so maybe yeah. we'll get a lot less entertaining yeah. Well, um, yeah. But, well, that, that J.C., is my you did a great too. job. You did well, uh, a fantastic thank job. Yeah,
1: thank, I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, I'll just make that my high note. That's good.
3: Yeah. Fuck whatever else you were going to say. Because <laughs> I'm going to use it <laughs> next week. That, that'll do. That's enough. <laughs> Do you think she's done talking about it, Gold? Sorry. Okay. Guys.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, it was fantastic. I could talk about that show forever because it was really funny, and, and it, uh, yeah, yeah, we were all great. So, and, and we captured. do have
1: enough co- content for another one. I just I couldn't use everybody's. everybody's. Yeah. I only oh use yeah. 40, I, I think there's forty-seven different shows in that in the 100. in that one. Wow. Yeah. yeah.
3: Wow. Yeah. That's was, impressive. That's very- amazing. Amazing. Um all right great. Uh and boy well, huge thank you to John Mullaney yes. for talking to us today. That was awesome. I wonder and, uh, if he's
0: just thinking like why did I do that?
3: I know. <laughs> I know. I have a feeling Dan Levy is to blame. But <laughs> no. you know maybe he'll just cut him off his tour or something. <laughs> uh anyway, and we're excited for Mullaney's special uh Baby J, which yes. is coming out later this month, because his specials are hysterical. Well, no,
1: it came out or the, or the day after this episode airs. It comes out, yeah. So,
3: which is also later this month. I know,
1: but it, that's why you wanted to anything
3: do it. that's after the day that it drops is later in the month. Yes, it's April twenty fifth, by the way, when that drops. Baby J, John Mulaney, thank you very much. Thank you too for being awesome. Thank, thank everyone you. for listening, and we will talk to you again next week.
4: The wait, wait.
0: That's that's You're that's kidding, that's right? That's <laughs> that's that was fun! And it stops
4: right now!
2: Uh, well, I'll just lay my cards on the table. I asked him to tell you I liked the podcast.